at sacredheartradio.com. Friday, the 15th of December, and as we head towards Gaudete Sunday this weekend, let's continue our Advent observance by praying together in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You are our salvation, Lord. You are the way to life. May we walk by your ways. You are the source of life. May we choose the fruit of life rather than the fruit of disobedience and death. You are the fulfillment of God's promise. May we heed your voice. Lord Jesus Christ, you are the true fruit of the tree of life. Make wise those who are tempted by forbidden fruit, that they may taste and see how good you are, you who live and reign with the Father and the unity of the Holy Spirit forever and ever. And all glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. It is a better way to start a Friday to get towards the end here of this second week of Advent and move towards that pink candle. This is, uh, I don't know about you, but like I blinked and we're at Gaudete Sunday. It's kind of crazy, but we're here to get you into the weekend. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. Travis has our video uh, feed up and running, so you can watch us on YouTube and Facebook. That link is in the show notes at Sunrise Morning Show. Com. Chris Faddis will talk about mental health and supporting that uh, through Solidarity Health Share this morning. Stephanie Mann will discuss the time that a priest met a priest hunter in Reformation England. It's a pretty wild story. We'll check in with Dr. De- Leonard DeLorenzo, who's been going through the questions that Jesus asks in Scripture. And Father Hezekiah Carnazas. Car- Carnazas. I just, I just Latinized our poor Eastern priest. Father Hezekiah Carnazzo. We'll be looking ahead to the Sunday Mass readings for Gaudete Sunday. Stay with us if you can. Two minutes past, here's Anna Mitchell with news. Good morning. The U.S. Senate is delaying its holiday break and returning next week to work on an immigration deal. Majority Leader Chuck Schumer announced yesterday that the Senate will be back in session on Monday and that negotiators from both parties and the White House will be working through the weekend. Senate Republicans say an immigration deal is crucial before they can vote on U.S. aid to Israel and Ukraine and criticize Democrats for waiting until the 11th hour to get serious about it. President Biden says he wants Israel to be more careful in its attacks on Hamas. Trey Thomas reports. He told reporters Thursday he wants Israeli forces to focus more on avoiding civilian casualties on the Gaza Strip. I want them to be focused on how to save civilian lives, not stop going after Hamas, but be more careful. His comments come after he recently told donors Israel was engaging in indiscriminate bombing and was losing global support around the world. I'm Trey Thomas. The Senate is now approving back pay for senior military officers whose promotions had been held up for months by Republican Senator Tommy Tuberville of Alabama on pro-life principles. The bill passed unanimously yesterday and will still require House approval when lawmakers return from holiday break. 
Tuberville had held up promotions for 10 months in protest of the Defense Department's policy allowing service members reimbursement for travel to get abortions, but he eventually gave in. It appears that a potential merger between the Diocese of Columbus and the Diocese of Steubenville could be back on the table. The National Catholic Register reports that Columbus Bishop Earl Fernandez and Steubenville Apostolic Administrator Bishop Paul Bradley met recently for what was described as very preliminary discussions. The idea of a merger had been originally proposed in 2022, but was scrapped after resistance from parishioners and clergy who said they had not been informed. NASA's Voyager 1 spacecraft and its mission team on Earth have lost communication. Mark Mayfield reports. Engineers are working on the computer glitch. The 46-year-old probe is the furthest spacecraft from Earth. Its flight data system seems to be stuck on repeat. The team first noticed the problem a month ago when Voyager 1 started sending Earth a repeating looped pattern of ones and zeros. NASA says the team has been sending commands to the probe to restart the flight data system, but so far there's been no usable data back. I'm Mark Mayfield. The Census Bureau is proposing to change the way it collects info on disabled people in the U.S. And some experts warn it could end up drastically undercounting the disabled population. The American Community Survey is an annual demographics report that asks people yes or no to questions about things they have difficulty with. The proposed changes would have respondents rank their difficulty on a scale. A test of the new questions last year saw people defined as having a disability drop from 14% to 8%. Advocates worry these numbers could have an impact on policymaking, research, and funding. The Census Bureau is accepting public comment on the proposed changes through December 19th. And the Las Vegas Raiders destroyed the Los Angeles Chargers 63-21 to in an AFC West battle on Thursday night football at Allegiant Stadium. The Raiders snapped a three-game losing skid and sit third in their division at 6-8. and The Chargers have lost five of six and round out the AFC West at 5-9. and Sounds like a real thriller of a game. I watched a little bit of it last night. Was it any good? Uh, no. Well, uh, why do you call it good, Anna Mitchell? <laughs> no one is good. Um, but God alone. In related news, I saw that Philip Rivers just had his 10th child. It did he not? Former Chargers quarterback, right? So is that a, that's his own football team. His own football team, yeah. Actually, well, I think he needs one more, right? Aren't there 11? No. Well, you got him, the 10 kids, and his wife can coach. Oh, okay. That's, you're right. You're right. I mean, I don't know how your math was going on this, but I just assumed that was was, how it would work out. Well, no, I was not counting him because he's old. You weren't counting a future Hall of Fame NFL quarterback in the, well, he's Obviously, the little kids, the littlest ones can be the offensive line. Mm -hmm. No, maybe not. Yeah. Actually, whichever one was just born can be the kicker. There it is. That's a great idea. There it is. The kicker. I've been fishing. We don't workshop these jokes beforehand. (laughs) We kind of work on them in the process, in the moment. Well, you know, it's early in the morning, so it's not like we have a whole lot of time to think of these things. And I don't warn you ahead of time. No. No. That's part of the game. That's part of the game. It's seven minutes past the hour.
The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swain, joined now by Chris Faddis from Solidarity Health Share, and you can find them and all their resources at SolidarityHealthShare.org. Chris, good morning. Good morning, Matt. Great to talk to you. Great to talk to you, too. You know, when I was a kid, as we headed into Christmas and the holidays, when people talked about health, they talked about, you know, how do you burn calories and get exercise after Thanksgiving and all the, you know, junk food you eat. But I feel like more and more people are coming around to the idea that these are times when people really, uh, if they have any kind of mental health difficulties, they tend to flare up right about now. So how is Solidarity HealthShare trying to be a part of that conversation? Yeah, I mean, a big a big part of it for us was just literally just simply making it available to our members through our sharing, you know, and and making sure that they have access to counseling, uh, you know, services and it's, it's a shareable medical expense. And you know, what, what's interesting, Matt, is when we started out back in 2018 offering mental health counseling as a shareable service, you know, we didn't really know what we were getting into in a way, you know, and and, and over the course of a couple of years, we really saw the need not only increased, but we really saw how intense the need was and we had to expand what was offered and, and make it unlimited and make it, you know, even more available for folks. You know, the hard part is, of course, that there's not really enough counselors, especially from a Catholic lens <laughs> uh, or even a Christian lens, right? It, it's hard for people to find counselors, but um, that's one of the big things we, we do is work on partnerships with, with counseling organizations and groups that help with this and, you know, make sure that there's good people available. Well, in some ways, the, I mean, you're a Catholic, I'm a Catholic. The church has been thinking about this stuff for a very long time because the church, when it looks at a human being, doesn't see a scientific distinction and a psychological distinction and like a, you know, a workplace. Like the the, the church has kind of always tried to figure out what a human being is and how they work. I mean, this is why the catechism, when it talks about all kinds of issues has such insightful things to say. So in some ways, I mean, shouldn't we be the most prepared and poised to be able to respond to these kinds of questions when they pop up? Yes, absolutely. In fact, I would say that, you know, in a lot of ways, our understanding of the whole person as, as you know, as we understand it as Catholics really predisposes us to understand mental health as an actual issue of, of real importance. If you remember, I mean, 20 years ago, we still talked about mental health as just a behavioral issue. Um, we still talked about mental health as something that was a personal issue and you needed to deal with it. Um, and a lot of health plans didn't include mental health for, for many years, right? And so I think as Catholics, we have a not, not only a uh, we're predisposed, but also more of a responsibility to, to help people understand that. And, there, you know, there's great people out there that, that we work with closely, the Divine Mercy University that uh, trains counselors and psychologists out of, uh, you know, right outside of Washington, D.C. And Dr. Greg Popcheck has the Pastoral Solutions program with, with you know, telehealth counselors available all across the country. And um, Dr. Greg Bataro is doing really great things with the Catholic Psych Institute. And so there's a lot of really good uh, people out there and individual counselors around the country. Uh, but one thing we're finding, Matt, is that, you know, we, you know, Divine Mercy University will graduate 150 students every year, but those students' uh, businesses will all be full within six months of, of uh, them opening. Trust their, me, you know, I know practice, this because right? we've from from year one of the Sunrise Morning Show, we decided to involve Kevin Brindergast, who's very familiar to our listeners, a pastoral counselor who has worked with lay pastoral ministers and also forming priests and deacons over at the seminary here in Cincinnati. He's been doing a weekly segment. It's been one of our most popular segments for like. Since 2008, 
And guess what? The number one thing people call and ask us about in regard to his segments is not like, hey, can Kevin talk to me? But, hey, does Kevin know any other people in my area that can help me? I mean, this is a huge exactly. question. Yeah, do you have someone in this zip code that can that can serve my needs? Yes. You know, I think there's, there's you know, good things with uh, – and it doesn't work for everyone, but I think there's good things with some increase in, in kind of telehealth options and things that, that are good. Uh, you know, one thing for Catholic souls we have to be mindful of is most, most telehealth solutions for counseling are secular-based, and it's not to say you can't find good counselors there. Um, but it's a bit of a, you know, a, 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 what's the word, the crapshoot, right? It's a bit, a bit of a shot to see, is, am I going to find someone here who's going to lead my child in the right way or lead me in the right way? Uh, and so it's just, it's definitely worth the extra effort to find a Catholic counselor, um, especially because they understand the dignity of the human person. They understand the anthropology of man. Um, and, you know, they're, they're sort of on your side and, and helping you get to heaven, uh, which is an important thing. And, you know, one thing you're seeing a lot of this is this idea of, um, you know, Pastoral Solutions is doing this. I think Kevin Pendergrass is doing this. There's a lot of great groups doing this. Is training people that are sort of sub of counseling level, but at least sort of spiritual mentor level that, that can help, right. yes. you know, guide people. And, and these are very important things. I mean, you know, we're dealing with a lot of um, – increased anxiety in, in our society today, right? Not just our own families and all of that, I and mean, that's enough. But you add all of the aggressive media tactics, uh, the politicization of everything in our lives, the, the wars that we're dealing with, right? All of this is clearly increasing anxiety, increasing people's, um, you know, uh, mental health issues and, and causing those to, to flare up. Um, Including myself, I'll tell you, Matt. I mean, I, I found myself the week after the uh, the attack on, in, in in Israel. I found myself having pretty intense anxiety that I hadn't, and I didn't even realize what it was till the end of that week. And I thought, oh, I need to stop reading these stories. I gotta right. I need to start praying more and read less. And uh, you know, maybe I'll get holier. Maybe not as find smart, a group of okay, people right? who <laughs> who has perspective and get plugged into them. I mean, this is what these people are trained. Uh, to do these Catholic healthcare professionals. Uh, last thing before we go, and I, I don't want to get you off on like a massive soapbox uh, with only just a moment left, but you know, often when people go to seek mental health help uh, in a professional medical environment, they're getting treated as an individual. Uh, whereas we as Catholics know that the individual cell of society is not an individual. It's a family, right? We got to live in families. We got to exist in communities. And I imagine that when you're trying to figure out how to help people, how to steer people and all that, like that's a factor that sets this kind of thinking apart. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you're right. I think the the, fa the family component for sure is, is one of the number one things. And it's one of the things we lost with with all of the shutdowns and everything with COVID, right? We, we didn't have this human connection, whether it's friendship, family, uh, or just the larger community. And I think a lot of people have struggled to get that back in their lives. They've struggled to kind of get back in that cadence of being in community. And um, and it's important. Obviously, there are some of us who have struggles with our families, and maybe that makes you more anxious to think of that. But, you know, finding that, that home, that place you can be, whether it's a group of neighbors or friends, um, that you can spend that time with, that you can share with and open up to is incredibly important at this time. Well, thanks so much, Chris Fattis. Solidarity Health Shares linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. You can find out 
uh, if they're a fit for you. And don't forget to to check in on people. Uh, you know, this is a hard time of year for a lot of people. A lot of things come back up, and sometimes we can be way more intense to one another than we ought to be. Go easy on people. They're carrying stuff that you can't see. And who knows, your your gesture of kindness and just checking up on somebody might be, just might be the Holy Spirit getting you to, to make a move that could change somebody's whole day, whole week, whole life, who knows. 16 past, we're back with headlines right after this. The Christmas Means Life campaign encourages you to add another person to your Christmas list, the baby Jesus, as represented by women and children in need by making a donation to your local pregnancy center. Another option is to support the JP2 Life Center, committed to saving lives with free pregnancy help services, holistic OBGYN care, and education programs. Find out more at jpiilifecenter.org. That's jpiilifecenter.org. Because Christmas means life. Are you longing to hear God's voice? Lord, teach me to pray. The free Ignatian prayer series will open your heart to his voice, to the peace you're seeking, and the only love that fulfills the human heart, Jesus. God is calling you to true joy by knowing Jesus personally. Lord Teach Me to Pray is free. Just go to lordteachmetopray.com and click on the red box and order the Lord Teach Me to Pray series. Again, that's lordteachmetopray.com. Business owners are starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com. Are you a new listener to EWTN Radio? Welcome. We're here for you 24-7. You'll hear live and interactive shows throughout the day to answer any questions you may have about the Catholic faith. There's trustworthy news from a Catholic perspective. And a large selection of podcasts available at EWTN's Podcast Central. And, of course, the daily mass, prayers, and everything you need to edify your soul. Welcome to EWTN Radio. We're blessed to have you with us. 18 minutes past the hour. Here's Anna with headlines. The U.S. Senate is delaying its holiday break and returning next week to work on an immigration deal. One of the Franciscans who cares for the Holy Land sites says Jerusalem is empty of pilgrims but full of hope. And it appears a potential merger between the Diocese of Columbus and the Diocese of Steubenville could be back on the table. So, so, so would that be the Big Ten or the Pac-12? Big Ten. Merging. Of course. I don't Steubenville, know. I don't think, has any sports teams. I'm sure there's somebody in Steubenville who'd be very ready to qualify what, what you just said. Nothing. I don't think they're in a, in a conference. Well, right on the, they're over by Pittsburgh. Yeah, but I don't think they're in a conference. I don't think they have... Like they like probably have basketball. club sports, but I don't think they have like basketball team conference level. I don't think so. Anna Mitchell, 
Am I wrong? I don't wrong? know enough to tell you you're wrong, but I feel like you might be. Franciscan.edu. Yeah. Uh, hey, if there is a Franciscan University grad that can correct me on this, please do. But I'm, let's look. Franciscan life. University Sports official athletics website. Men's basketball, men's soccer, women's basketball, women's soccer. What conference are they in? What division is NCA Division Three? Really? There you go. Green and gold, the Barons. Huh. Their mascot, Baron Von Steuben. <laughs> okay, I am sorry. I'm sorry. I repent. I had no idea. So this would have been a great pledge drive talking point for all the Franciscan University uh, adjacent or affiliated or grads who appreciate the fact that I just defended your honor and want to make a gift to keep the Sunrise Morning Show on the air so I can continue to defend your honor against Anna Mitchell's dismissive, dismissive remarks about your athletics. I am so sorry. This is what I get for being a snooty Buckeyes fan. I know. I'm so sorry. Yes, you Ohio State, Ohio Staters. Come down and play the Bearcats. Come on down and play us. Big shots. I didn't know you were a Bearcat. It's 21 past. Why do so many businesses choose to underwrite Sacred Heart Radio? It's because our radio signals reach over 600,000 Catholics locally who've told us they want to use the businesses they hear on Sacred Heart Radio. Listeners that are also in the perfect target consumer group, according to our latest survey. And this is the ideal time to get your business in front of our listeners with our special Christmas underwriting packages. To find out more, email me, Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com. That's Leah at SacredHeartRadio.com. Support is for MediShare. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also a time you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. For many families, switching to MediShare saves about $500 a month, which is a game changer for a lot of people. And what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the member satisfaction rate compared to health insurance. Double. MediShare is a proven thing, too, for over 30 years. It's a Christian community of more than 400,000 members. And here's the thing. If you join before December 15th and you mention the promo code SHARE, you'll get another 10% off all of 2024. That's 12 months of savings. So I'll give you the number here in a second. But call. You'll get a price within two minutes. And again, the deadline's December 15th. So call now. You'll save even more. Here's the number. 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoting Realtors. Equipped with the latest technology and market knowledge, Hoting Realtors can make the buying and selling process easier. 513-451-4800 and Hoting.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. With us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Stephanie Mann. Go read her blog at supremacyandsurvival.blogspot.com. We're continuing our series on Father Henry Sebastian Bowden's mementos of the English martyrs and confessors for every day in the year, which you can find from Sophia Institute Press. Stephanie, good morning. Good morning, Anna. 
So, uh, Stephanie, today we are going to be talking about St. Eustace White, who was venerable Eustace White when when Father Bowden wrote this book. He was martyred martyred at Tyburn on December 10th, 1591, and he was a convert to Catholicism, correct? Yes, he was. That's one of the details that Father Bowden includes in his uh, memento of this this martyr is that he was uh, born in Lincolnshire, and his conversion, as he says, so offended, so much offended his father, an earnest Protestant, that the father laid a curse upon him. Mm. But Father uh, White <laughs> took that curse with him to uh, the continent, studied for the priesthood, and returned to England as a missionary priest. So he wow. went even deeper into his conversion, maybe after his father cursed him and became a priest. He was arrested, however, and then came under the hands of, of uh, Richard Topcliffe, uh, the notorious pursuant of priest and I, don't, I almost have to say he's a kind of a professional torturer. He even had a torture chamber in his home. Whoa. So he could work from home if he needed to. That's that's just a horrible detail that he was this this in, in, invested in his work because what he wanted to do was find out where from those he arrested, where more Catholics were, who he should arrest next, and who they could charge with the crime of being a Catholic or saying Mass or wow. hearing Mass. So, wow. Yeah. Bad, it, it was a bad situation for Father Eustace, but he turned it into a beautiful, beautiful end of his life and martyrdom. He did. And one of the things that I have been loving, and I've said this before, about doing this series, these segments with you each week on, on Father Bowden's book is that you go and do more research to put mm-hmm. more meat on the bones, so to speak, um, to to better understand what Father Bowden is reflecting on here because mm-hmm. it talks about the the title of of this entry for mm-hmm. for December 10th is the sweat of the passion. So can you talk about this torture that that Father White underwent under top Yeah. It, it sounds simple. I mean, it sounds like, well, why would this hurt so badly? But he was hung by his wrists. So his wrists were tied above, above his head and hung. And father, another priest, uh, Father John Gerard, who was a Jesuit and one of the leaders of the Jesuit mission in England, described it. He said that that it, they were. he was left hanging by his hands and arms fastened above his head. The tips of his toes were still reaching the ground, so they removed dirt from under it so that he was totally suspended by his wrists above his head. And he says that he he started to pray. Father, uh, uh, well, Father White experienced this too, but Father Gerard says he started to pray, but that all of a sudden there was such a pain, he started cramping in his chest and belly and and all the blood seemed to be rushing into his hands. I thought the blood was oozing from the ends of my fingers and the cores of my skin, pores of my skin, because his flesh was swelling. So it was so intense. So this is what Father Eustace White also suffered. In fact, he this the, that sweat of the passion refers to the fact that he sweat for the the that his body, the sweat from his body actually wet the ground beneath. Wow. And yet they could get no information from him about any Catholics he visited or any other priests that he had worked with. And so he, he really confounded uh, Topcliffe. And then his his words that he uses, and again, Father Bowden picks his words very carefully too, under the extremity of his passion, 
He cried out, Lord, more pain if thou pleasest and more patience. Wow. And then to speak to Topcliffe the way he does says, I'm not angry at you this, angry at you, but I will pray to God for your welfare and salvation. And Topcliffe said, I don't want you to pray for me. I don't want your prayers. And mm. then Father Eustace kind of went doubled down on himself and said, well, I will get fellows because you have great need of prayers. Wow. So, yes, very dramatic scene and just showing what first kind of the hatred uh, that Topcliffe had for this man that he couldn't even stand to know that he would pray for him. Great love that the priest had for his torture. Him. And he, be concerned for his welfare, spiritual welfare. Yeah, absolutely. And and he was not the only one who was praying for Topcliffe, was he? Yes. Uh -huh. The same day, that, the December 10th, there were two sites of execution, and Topcliffe was, was at the other one, which was at Gray's Inn Road. A number of pri two priests and a number of laymen were being executed, and one of those laymen, St. Swithin Wells, famous, uh, one of the famous martyrs of, of the 40, who said that he was praying for Topcliffe that he, like, say, like Saul, would be converted, be knocked off his high horse, as we, as we say, and that Paul stop persecuting Catholics and become like St. Paul. So, again, I don't think that, that uh, wish that prayer was ever granted because uh, Topliff was obdurate. But still, just these images that we have of these martyrs and what they suffered and the spirit with which they suffered it, too. It, it just, it, sometimes it seems almost unbelievable, but at the same time, we know that, that this has been true throughout all the ages of the church, that martyrs have suffered excruciating pains and yet had great patience and love and endured. And so they're an example to us. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Stephanie Mann. You can find her blog, supremacyandsurvival.blogspot.com, linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Some really incredible stories we've been learning about, thanks to Father Henry Sebastian Bowden's book, Mementos of the English Martyrs and Confessors, from Sophia Institute Press. Half past the hour now on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's time for news. The U.S. Senate is delaying its holiday break and returning to Washington next week to work on an immigration deal. Majority Leader Chuck Schumer announced yesterday that the Senate will be back in session on Monday and that negotiators from both parties and the White House will be working through the weekend. The Senate Republicans say an immigration deal is crucial before they can vote on U.S. aid to Israel and Ukraine and criticize Democrats for waiting until the 11th hour to get serious about it. One of the Franciscans who cares for the Holy Land sites says Jerusalem is empty of pilgrims, but full of hope. From Vatican Radio, Sister Benedicta Kropich reports. People feel uncertainty and fear, says Father Jelko Barbaric, a Franciscan priest, especially for those who were economically dependent on pilgrims. Despite the absence of gunfire on the streets of Jerusalem, the reality of war is present all over the city. In Jerusalem, we live quite peacefully and almost as hard as it is to say normally. Around 100 kilometers away in the Gaza Strip, war is raging, and probably only those who are there know how intense the war is and what is happening on the ground, says Father Jelko. But still, people in Jerusalem are deeply personally involved with happenings in Gaza. 
Gaza. Many Israeli Jews have someone who is currently on the front line or deployed to some other critical area. Others know someone who was killed, kidnapped or injured on 7th October. He underscores the significant human cost of the conflict, stating that a lot of blood was spilled and the hostage crises is still ongoing. Jerusalem's old city and Bethlehem's economy, reliant on pilgrims and tourism, face significant challenges due to the war. Some of the hotels that recently housed pilgrims have been turned into temporary accommodation for people who have been evacuated from the areas close to Gaza Strip and the border with Lebanon. Pilgrim groups are a rare sight in the Holy Land. The sanctuaries are empty, says Father Jelko. Despite these challenges, the Franciscans of the custody of the Holy Land remain present. We are still here, although there are no pilgrims. We share the good and the bad with people who live in these areas. We pray for peace and guard the sanctuaries marked by the life, death and resurrection of our Lord. Sister Nina Benedicta Krapic. The Senate is now approving back pay for senior military officers who had promotions held up for months by Republican Senator Tommy Tuberville of Alabama in pro-life principles. The bill passed unanimously yesterday and will still require House approval when lawmakers return from the holiday break. Tuberville had held up promotions for 10 months in protest of a Defense Department policy allowing service members travel reimbursement for abortion, but he eventually gave in. Abortion clinics across Ohio are asking a judge now to permanently block the state's abortion ban. This comes after Ohioans voted to approve issue one last month, which added abortion rights into the Ohio Constitution. Ohio had banned abortion after the detection of a fetal heartbeat, but that had been put on hold since September of 2022 when a judge ruled to block it temporarily, which the latest filings seek to ban permanently. President Biden is laying out how the Inflation Reduction Act is capping prescription drug costs. Brian Shook reports. While at the National Institutes of Health in Maryland Thursday, he announced Medicare enrollees could save on dozens of medications under a law penalizing pharmaceutical companies if they raise prices faster than the rate of inflation. The president said lowering drug costs is not just about health care. It's about dignity and security. The White House estimates the move could cut costs for about 750,000 seniors. I'm Brian Shook. It appears that a potential merger between the Diocese of Columbus and the Diocese of Steubenville is back on the table now. The National Catholic Register reports that Columbus Bishop Earl Fernandez and Steubenville Apostolic Administrator Bishop Paul Bradley met recently for what was described as very preliminary discussions. The idea of a merger was originally proposed in 2022 but was scrapped after resistance from parishioners and clergy. That's the news on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's 35 minutes past the hour. I am Father Ronald Haft, chaplain for the Cincinnati Chapter of Courage. Courage is for those who have same-sex attractions but want to remain close to Christ and His Church. For information, contact me at courage at catholicaoc.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Water heaters, plumbing repair, and drain cleaning backed by Schneller Knockelman's 100% satisfaction guarantee. 
Schneller Knockelman at skpha.com. skpha.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from J.C. Health Insurance agent George Justin. If you're turning 65, retiring, or simply have Medicare questions, George has answers. George is your pro-family, pro-life guide to Medicare, helping to simplify your transition by guiding you through the options to find a plan that meets your unique needs, all at no cost to you. Find out more from George Johnston at J.C. Health Insurance, 859-414-6591. That's 859-414-6591. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this Friday, December the 15th. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by schneller Knockman Plumbing, Heating, and Air, online at skpha.com gonna be a nice day today right now it's kind of cold with temperatures in the mid-20s as you're heading out the door for cincinnati it'll be mostly to partly sunny today with a high of 53 degrees clouds building tonight with an overnight low of 34 it'll be nice again tomorrow partly to mostly cloudy with a high of 53 degrees For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, sunshine to start, then a few afternoon clouds today with a high of 54. Partly cloudy this evening, becoming partly cloudy, or becoming cloudy rather, after midnight and an overnight low of 32. Cloudy skies tomorrow and high near 53 degrees. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Dr. Leonard DeLorenzo with the McGrath Institute for Church Life at Notre Dame. He's host of the Church Life Today podcast, and we've been going through his book, A God Who Questions, from our Sunday visitor. Good morning, Dr. DeLorenzo. Good morning, Annie. It's good to have you back. Today's question from Jesus is, what are you thinking in your hearts? Uh, this comes in the context of another healing. This is uh, Luke chapter 5, starting with verse 21. Here we go. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, Who is this that speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? When Jesus perceived their questionings, he answered them, Why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven you, or say, Rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the man who was paralyzed. I say to you, rise, take up your bed, and go home. And immediately he rose before them and took up that on which he lay and went home glorifying God. And amazement seized them all, and they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, We have seen strange things today. Now, can you give us the bigger context here? I mean, why are the scribes and Pharisees thinking that Jesus is blaspheming here? Well, he's blaspheming because he presumes or they they see him as presuming to forgive sins. And of course, God is the only one who can forgive sins. And so he's putting himself in the place of God, which would be an offense to God. And they, of course, are very interested in protecting the righteousness of God and the belief in him. So on the one hand, you could say they're not wrong. They, you know, I I suppose you could say they ought to be concerned with that. But he, of course, cuts right to the heart of the matter by speaking of their hearts. I think we know by now, having 
encountered the Pharisees over and over again in the Gospels, that there's always something else going on in what they say. And he sort of cuts right through the haze here and says, what are you thinking in your hearts? In other words, what is this really about? What have you really set yourself to in all of these schemes and questions and, and various other traps that you design? What's really going on here is Jesus is revealing the bias of their heart. Yeah, and in the book, you use the uh, the New American translation, and the scribes and Pharisees began to ask themselves. I mean, mm-hmm. it's interesting that they don't directly confront Jesus, isn't it? I mean, they just sort of like <laughs> mutter these things to themselves. Why do you think that might be? Well, let's put this in our own context, and I think we can maybe understand it, that we've come to see certainly in our modern world how much we've kind of gathered into tribes, into little echo chambers, and we seek to confirm our own viewpoints by those who we know think like us. And when new things happen, we turn to that group to see how it'll be interpreted. We could certainly see this in political landscape, Mm -hmm. that every event that takes place the various parties turn to themselves to interpret and respond to them. And so we can see here with the Pharisees, this is not something that is really foreign to us, that we've taken on an interpretive lens beforehand. In other words, we have an in-group, we have a group that we rely on to interpret all the things that happen, which also brings, you know, I think even more of a surprise to the ending of this account. And maybe I'm jumping ahead too much here, but that they are shocked that they confess almost despite themselves that they've seen incredible or amazing things today. That disturbs and breaks their huddling up together that we hear earlier on, that they questioned among themselves. To be struck, to be in awe, to wonder interrupts the normal way in which we think we'd like to interpret things and at least causes us to gasp for for that moment at the possibility of something new. Well, it is funny that they're shocked. I think we've talked about this before. I mean, I'm just looking um, at the the sort of headings in my Bible. Uh, Jesus Mm. has already healed a man with an unclean spirit. There are all kinds of healings at Simon's house. Then there's the calling of the disciples, and he cleanses a leper before he (laughs) gets to this healing of the paralytic. So it is kind of amazing that they would be, you know, shocked and amazed by this particular healing. But um, you know, this allowing ourselves to be in the place of the Pharisees is kind of an uncomfortable position, isn't it? I mean, this like what, rather uncomfortable question to ponder ourselves. What are you thinking in your heart? It is an uncomfortable position to put ourselves in. I, you know, in reflecting on this and going through all the questions of Jesus and the gospel came to recognize almost as a surprise to me, gosh, you know what, if there's anyone that I really think I understand in the gospel, it might in fact be the Pharisees. I know what this is like to design my own little plans, to have my own interpretive lenses, to keep those hidden from other people, to um, really go about and even take in new things according to the old script. But I think that's part of the encounter with Jesus that the Gospels invite and demand of us, which is not to remain simply in the comfortable places of the righteous, but in fact, to allow ourselves to be indicted at times as the ones who are in need of shock and change, who are sometimes, oftentimes, the sinners, and at other times are the ones who are devising schemes to trap the innocent. Mm -hmm. And I think if we 
if we were to apply this, let's say, to elsewhere in Scripture, to the Psalms, when we read the Psalms, and let's say we read of those who are persecuted, it's much easier to put ourselves in the place of the persecuted, the unjust who act against me, the wicked who happen to devise plots for me. But we ought to, at times, also allow ourselves to drift over to the other side, that perhaps, at times, these complaints are being lodged against people like us, who have designed devise the schemes and the plots that others fall into. And I think, you know, as Catholics, we take on the perspective of erring on the side of confessing sin, even when we're not sure that there's sin there. We confess for what we have done and what we have failed to do, for what we know about and what we don't know about. And I think here, in allowing ourselves to be put in the place of the Pharisees, we follow that instinct, which could be our pathway to salvation. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Leonard De Lorenzo. You can find his book, A God Who Questions, linked at sunrisemorningshow.com, along with all the other guests that you find on a daily basis there. Be sure to subscribe to our show notes because then you get in your inbox all of our guests and links to them uh, every morning as we go on the air. But then afterwards, you can use that link to get to the show notes and access our podcast and also get to our video feed if you'd like to watch us live or go back and watch the uh, recording on YouTube later. So that's all at sonrisemorningshow.com. Click subscribe. We got Father Hezekiah Carnazzo coming up next to preview the readings for Gaudete Sunday this weekend. It's quarter till. Support is for MediShare. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also a time you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. For many families, switching to MediShare saves about $500 a month, which is a game changer for a lot of people. And what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the member satisfaction rate compared to health insurance. Double. MediShare is a proven thing, too, for over 30 years. It's a Christian community of more than 400,000 members. And here's the thing. If you join before December 15th and you mention the promo code SHARE, you'll get another 10% off all of 2024. That's 12 months of savings. So I'll give you the number here in a second. But call. You'll get a price within two minutes. And again, the deadline's December 15th. So call now. You'll save even more. Here's the number. 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. Are you expecting the kids to wake you up at the crack of dawn on Christmas morning? Make that experience more bearable by treating yourself to some Mystic Monk coffee. They have a number of Christmas blends available. And when you go to Mystic Monk Coffee through the link at sunrisemorningshow.com, you earn us a commission. Make Christmas morning even better by drinking your coffee with a Sunrise Morning Show mug available in our online store. Browse our mugs and link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. That's sunrisemorningshow.com. The most original Catholic content is on EWTN Radio. On Mother Angelica Answering the Call, Father Joseph and Doug Keck mine decades of phone calls answered by Mother Angelica. Mother dishes out teaching, advice, laughter, and plenty of prayers as she takes calls from her family. Mother Angelica Answering the Call, Sunday afternoon, 2 Eastern, on EWTN Radio. This is Dr. David Anders. Are your friends or family discouraging you from becoming Catholic? We can help on Call to Communion this afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern. Now back to the Sunrise Morning Show. 
13 till. Here's Anna with headlines. The U.S. Senate is delaying its holiday break and will return next week to work on an immigration deal as well as U.S. aid to Israel and Ukraine. One of the Franciscans who cares for the Holy Land sites has said Jerusalem is empty of pilgrims but full of hope. And it appears a potential merger between the Diocese of Columbus and the Diocese of Steubenville could be back on the table. Next newscast in about 15-ish minutes from now as the Sunrise Morning Show continues here on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. It's 12 till. Back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Father Hezekiah Carnazzo from the Institute of Catholic Culture. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Annie. It's such a blessing to be with you and your listeners this morning. It is a blessing to have you back. And for the first reading for Gaudete Sunday this weekend, the third Sunday of Advent, we head to Isaiah 61, in which we hear the famous words, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring glad tidings to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives, so on and so forth. It says to announce a year of favor from the Lord. What does that mean? Well, Annie, most of us would recognize these words from the Gospel of Luke chapter 4, in which yeah. Jesus unrolls the scroll of Isaiah and does just this, announces the year of the Lord. The year of the Lord is the Jubilee year, the year in which uh, the Jews were called to live out a, say, a year of, of Sabbath rest, in which they lived out their vocation in the image and likeness of God by doing some fundamental things, all of which were related to one reality, and that is granting freedom, release to the slaves, freedom to the land, freedom from work, in, in which they lived out really the Sabbath day of Genesis. And they, they were called to do this every 50 years. And what's important to remember in the Old Testament is that, is that this is the fundamental command by which God was calling his people out of Egypt to be freed from the slavery of Pharaoh and return to the dominion of God, in which they would live as citizens of the kingdom in the image and likeness of the king who had granted them freedom. However, they refused to follow this particular law. They failed to do it. Um, as you can imagine, every 50 years, I'm supposed to give back everything I've made, return all the land, release all my servants, all, I can forgive all debt. Not a very attractive thing for someone who's fairly well-to-do and has power and wants to retain that power. And this becomes a fundamental issue which drives the Babylonian exile some 700 years before the coming of Christ. And most Christians do not realize the importance of the Jubilee year, and they fail to realize what Jesus is doing and why he's doing it in his ministry. After having been baptized in the Jordan, unrolls the scroll of Isaiah, Luke chapter 4, and then goes about enacting the Jubilee year, right, and doing so through his healing ministry. By doing this, by granting freedom and release from those in bondage, namely the blind, the paralytic, um, the harlot, the forgiveness of sin, is all about this reality because it was the king, that's the Messiah, the anointed one, the one his the spirit of the Lord is upon them, that is called to grant this to his people. The kings of the Old Testament have failed to do so, but the king, the king, the Messiah of the New Testament it is central. It is the foundation of his ministry. 
Yeah, and I want to get back to that in a moment here, but I want to talk about the second part of this first reading. So we heard verses 1 and 2, and then that gets attached with verses 10 and 11. I rejoice heartily in the Lord, and my God is the joy of my soul. Sounds very much like the Magnificat of our Blessed Mother. Can you talk about the connection between our Blessed Mother and the Jubilee? Yeah, the connection is just in the verses uh, just above it. The seal of the brokenhearted, he has proclaimed liberty to the captives, released to the prisoners. See, that's all Jubilee taught. And so these those that formerly were slaves are now rejoicing in the Lord for he has wrapped me in the mantle of justice. Like a bridegroom is adorned as a diadem, like a bride bedecked with her jewels. So now that which is true about the king has become true about me, who is formerly a slave, who is and this is why Mary uh, quoting this text. Look, I am the low, lowest of the low, right? And, and yet the Lord has looked upon me. This is all language from the daughter of Zion that we normally refer to the church, but it's historical references to the Old Testament, to those in, uh, that we read about in Second Kings chapter 25, the poorest of the poor, the slaves who were left in the land at the time of the Babylonian exile, who were given their jubilee, not for one year, but for 70 years. And then the, this people who are in slavery become identified by extension with all of Israel returning from Babylon and remaining under foreign oppression. And all of Israel realizing that they themselves were in slavery. Of course, not to the Persians, the Greeks, or the Romans. Ultimately, state slavery to sin. And this is why the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all the people of God at the time of the, of, of the Messiah are going about looking for cleansing. We need to be cleansed spiritually. Yeah, the Pharisees go down to the, to the, to the Jordan rivers. We've seen the Gospel of John. And they're looking for the one who's going to cleanse Israel. Remember in Ezekiel 36 and, and, and other prophets who said, when, when this comes, when the Spirit of the Lord does come to rest upon man again, when the Messiah is restored, when the King is restored, then we have to do the one thing necessary. We have to be cleansed of our sin, that is our attachment to the evil one, who is the slave master, and we need to be restored in the freedom of God. Well, you're partially answering what I wanted to ask next, which was to look at the gospel reading that we have this weekend for for Gaudete Sunday, John chapter 1. Basically, John's version of what we heard last week in Mark Going back to John the Baptist on the banks of the Jordan River, uh, just ahead of baptizing Jesus himself, why are we continuing to return to the Jordan during Advent? That's a great question, and Liturgically, historically, the Feast of the Nativity of Christ Christmas, the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord, what we call in the East Theophany, and the, and the Feast of Epiphany, the, the visitation of the wise men, and the wedding at Cana were all one feast. Because liturgically, we're not so much interested in historical reenactment, but in theophanic experience. That is God showing forth about who he is. So for liturgically, we're interested not so much exactly in the baby in the crib or in the, in the, in the manger, but who that baby is, and we don't come to really understand who that baby is until the kings kneel down and offer their, their, their worship to, the, to this child, until the Heavenly Father opens his voice 
And the Jordan River says, Behold my beloved son. And so now we see this convergence liturgically in our liturgical reading, and then we hear that beautiful announcement, the Spirit of the Lord is upon this one, and to this one I bow down. We've been talking to Father Hezekiah Carnazzo. And Father, if listeners want to check out what's coming up soon at the Institute, how do they get more info? We've got a, a, a whole schedule prepared for the new year, including a year-long study of the Fathers of the Church. Instituteofcatholicculture.org. Come check us out. And you can find instituteofcatholicculture.org linked at Sunrise Morning Show. Dot com wrapping up the year of 2023 tomorrow morning actually with a um, a special event with Father Devin Rosa. I will be there as uh, sort of the facilitator. It's called Advent of the Messiah, David, Solomon, and Jesus Christ. So David, the son of David, and the son of David should be a great great event tomorrow morning this is 11 a.m eastern time pre-class begins at 10 30 eastern i hope to see you there well we got a whole other hour of the sunrise morning show coming up next for most of our listeners here on the ewtn global catholic radio network as well as for those of you listening on the sunrise morning show app or watching the video feed we'll be right back As you plan your end-of-year giving, please consider including Sacred Heart Radio. Your gift helps sustain our radio presence, not just for you, but including those who may tune into Catholic Radio for the first time in 2024. All gifts are tax-deductible and help to share the good news of Christ and the culture of life across seven media platforms. To give a tax-deductible donation or set up a monthly pledge, visit sacredheartradio.com and click Donate. Or use the Venmo app at Sacred Heart Radio. And thank you for your support of Sacred Heart Radio. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Rua Wood Psychological Services, integrating psychological science and the truths of our Catholic faith with offices in Dayton and Cincinnati. More information at 513-407-8878 or rwpsych.org. I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. Diamond and CBN are the most advanced cutting tools because they are the hardest materials known. These enable you to machine three to eight times faster compared to carbide while reducing downtime for tool changes by 90%. Improve your productivity when machining hard, cast, and powdered metals or difficult to machine materials. Find out more at theabrasiveone.com. That's the number one, theabrasiveone.com. Support comes from On a Mission to Love. For books, handcrafted gifts for baptism, communion, confirmation, wedding, birthdays, and more. All deeply based in the rosary and devotion to our Holy Mother. Onamissiontolove.com. That's onamissiontolove.com. The highest standards, integrity, and best practices are core values at Rainbow International of Cincinnati and Northern Kentucky. Your partners in residential and commercial insurance repair and restoration. Rainbow International, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio, 513-271-1000. Support is from Andiamo Artisan Bakery in Hamilton's German Village, featuring authentic Italian cookies and sweets to grace your table during the holidays. From their signature Sicilian almond paste cookies to cannoli and tiramisu, celebrate the season with the flavors of chocolate, walnut, and fig. Order in store or online at andiamo-artisan-bakery.com. That's A-N-D-I-A-M-O 
andiamo-artisan-bakery.com. The Comboni Missionaries present the 76th Annual Nativity Experience, a family favorite for generations. The birth of Christ is retold in an incredible room-sized animated diorama of the Holy Land. Admission is free. Donations to food banks accepted. The Nativity Experience at the Comboni Mission Center in Anderson. Open 6 to 8 p.m. daily, December 15th through 30th. Close Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. More information at combonimissionaries.org slash nativity. I am Father Rufino Ezama, the Provincial Superior of the Comboni Missionaries. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. We continue on this Friday, the 15th of December, by praying an Advent prayer together in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Come, long-expected Jesus, excite in me a wonder at the wisdom and power of your Father and ours. Receive my prayer as part of my service of the Lord, who enlists me in God's own work of justice. Come, long-expected Jesus, excite in me a hunger for peace, peace in the world, peace in my home, peace in myself. Come, long-expected Jesus, excite in me a joy responsive to the Father's joy. I seek his will so I can serve with gladness, singing, and love. Come, long-expected Jesus, excite in me the joy and love and peace that is right to bring to the manger of my Lord. Raise in me, too, sober reverence for the God who acted there, hearty gratitude for the life begun there, and spirited resolution to serve the Father and the Son. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, whose advent I hail. Amen. It is a better way to sort of close out this second week of Advent and head toward Gaudete Sunday. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. Thanks for listening across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Ackman at the controls. Travis has our video feed up and running. You can check us out on Facebook Live and YouTube. The links for both of those are at sunrisemorningshow.com in the show notes. We are going to talk to Andrew Pettiprin, who's part of a new book uh, that explores the Vatican film list. That should be a lot of fun. Danielle Bean will discuss finding joy in Advent. We'll also look ahead to those mass readings for Gaudete Sunday this weekend with Father Jonathan Duncan from the Diocese of Charleston. So we hope you're able to stay with us. Right now it is two minutes past. News of service of Central Fabricators and centralfabricators.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. Good morning. The U.S. Senate is delaying its holiday break and will return next week to work on an immigration deal. Majority Leader Chuck Schumer announced yesterday the Senate will be back in session on Monday and negotiators from both parties and the White House will also be working through the weekend. Senate Republicans say an immigration deal is crucial before they can vote on U.S. aid to Israel and Ukraine, and they have criticized Democrats for waiting until the 11th hour to get serious about immigration. President Biden says he wants Israel to be more careful in its attacks on Hamas. 
Trey Thomas reports. He told reporters Thursday he wants Israeli forces to focus more on avoiding civilian casualties on the Gaza Strip. I want them to be focused on how to save civilian lives, not stop going after Hamas, but be more careful. His comments come after he recently told donors Israel was engaging in indiscriminate bombing and was losing global support around the world. I'm Trey Thomas. The Senate is now approving back pay for senior military officers whose promotions had been held up for months by Republican Senator Tommy Tuberville of Alabama over pro-life policy. The bill passed unanimously yesterday and will still require House approval once those lawmakers return from their holiday break. Tuberville held up promotions for 10 months in protest of the Defense Department's policy, allowing service members reimbursement for travel to obtain abortions, but he eventually gave in. It, ap- it appears that a potential merger between the Diocese of Columbus and the Diocese of Steubenville could be back on the table. The National Catholic Register reports that Columbus Bishop Earl Fernandez and Steubenville Apostolic Administrator Bishop Paul Bradley met recently for what was described as very preliminary discussions on the matter. The idea of a merger had been originally proposed in 2022 but was scrapped after resistance from parishioners and clergy. Pope Francis yesterday met with members of Unitalzi, an Italian charitable organization dedicated to assisting people with illnesses or disabilities to make pilgrimages to Lourdes and other sanctuaries around the world. From Vatican Radio, Christopher Wells reports. Holy Father thanked them for their valuable service and encouraged them not to grow tired in going against the tide in a world that marginalizes and discards people in the name of well-being and efficiency at all costs. The Pope went on to reflect on the symbols of the anniversary logo, a staff and sandals representing pilgrimage, and the image of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Pilgrimage, the Pope said, is at the center of their work and can serve as a balm for the wounds of people with disabilities or illnesses, for the elderly and for the poor who take part in them. The Pope said that in pilgrims is reflected the face of Christ, who took our infirmities upon himself to impregnate them with the power of the resurrection. The experience of pilgrimage, embracing the values of welcome, hospitality, and solidarity, can become a sign of a church that walks together, a church as a field hospital. Pope Francis encouraged the group to always have the style of compassion in silence and discretion, because in the face of suffering, words must make way for closeness and for gestures of tenderness. Finally, the Pope encouraged Unitalsi members to always trust in Mary. Continue to seek her, he said, to contemplate her, invoke her, and lay at her feet the labors, the anxieties, and the sorrows that each person bears. After thanking them once again, Pope Francis noted that in these days leading up to Christmas, the figure of Mary appears even more familiar to us, closer to us. He invited everyone to look to Mary's example, to learn to say yes, to welcome God's plans without fear, and to care for the smallest and the most defenseless. I'm Christopher Wells. And the holiday travel season is about to kick into high gear, and the Transportation Security Administration says it's prepared. According to the agency, the busiest travel times will be around the Christmas and New Year's holidays, obviously. It is recommended people arrive to the airport at least two hours before their scheduled flight to make sure they have time to get through security. Also, travelers should know that they cannot bring on board their flight, can't 
they, what they can and can't bring. So know what you can and can't bring on board their flight to help the screening process move smoothly. I guess so, it's less of a thing. Remember when we were doing these about like what you what food Thanksgiving foods you can and cannot bring on a flight. Well, um, I've been flying a lot more than than I've been meaning to this year. There've been some things that have mm-hmm. like popped up in my life, but I can tell you this. Some of y'all are taking too many things on airplanes. Some of you all. <laughs> you know it's true I shouldn't and you know who you are. Your carry-on, your personal item, and whatever. I just know that some of you are taking way too many things. Because by the time the, uh, I do a lot of Southwest, by the time the C-group boards, there's no more overhead space. Mm. There's, uh... We got to think of the common good here, folks. I know that when I'm traveling, my goal, if it doesn't fit under the seat, I'm just going to have to bite the bullet and check it. I got to be compact, mobile, agile. Matt, you know, that's a real commitment to the common good. I commend you for that. Thank you. We're going to be talking more about the common good a little later this hour. You'll also take too long getting on and off of those things. Get off my lawn, man. That's right. Respect your fellow travelers. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Andrew Pettiprin who, along with a couple of other guys, has put together a new book for Word on Fire called Popcorn with the Pope. It is a look at the Vatican film list. Andrew, welcome back. Glad to be back with you, Matt. Thank you. So to preface this, I have to note that you, Andrew, were, uh, along with Father Michael Ward, both priests in the Episcopal Anglican world. I don't know David Paul Baird, your third contributor, but I know enough to know from his bio he went to Wheaton College. I'm trying to envision, and I don't think that this kind of thing exists. If it does, then forgive me. Is there a Canterbury film list? Is there a Billy Graham memorial film list? The the idea of a Vatican film list is kind of like its own thing. Yeah, it sure is. You're right. Um, Yeah, between uh, me and Father Michael Ward and David Paul Baird, all three of us were former Protestants. And, uh, you know, as it happens, all three of us are are great uh, movie watchers and cinephiles. But yeah, you're right. There's no there's no film list uh, that any other Christian group has, as far as I know. But we do, as Catholics. Pope St. John Paul II in 1995 issued uh, a list that had the unassuming title, Some Important Films. And, and on the list were 45 movies that have come to be called the Vatican Film List. And even though it came out in 1995, nobody's ever written a comprehensive book, like a guidebook, to the movies that are on the list. So... Brother Michael and David and I decided to do that. And uh, we could talk a little bit more about why there probably will never, ever be another Vatican film list. I, I just, yeah. I can't even envision the possibility of how that would work and how it might play out. I mean, can you imagine if social media was in the state that it is today when the Pope released this film list? Yeah, well, it's, you know, the list came out to mark the 100th anniversary of the first public showing of a motion picture. So it was this landmark moment. And it also was kind of this interesting moment in the culture at the end of the 20th century where there still was a kind of popular culture that that prevailed in the West. And so even even the Vatican could kind of say, hey, here are some movies. You might might have seen them, you might not. 
nowadays our culture is so fragmented. I mean, people don't really watch the same things. And, yeah, if the, if the Vatican put out a list of movies that they thought people might be interested in, there would probably just be so much blowback. I mean, there would just be like social media would just go crazy if, if the Pope put out a list saying, you know, here are some movies, right? Right. In 1995, there was no way to, like, illegally download movies, right? I mean, you might be right. able to uh, burn a DVD if you had the right tech or more likely copy over a VHS. But these movies were, you know, movies didn't make it. I mean, right now there's just so much saturation. Like, I feel like everywhere I look, people are talking about 500 new shows that I've never heard of. Like, yeah. this was a different sort of world when these movies came out. So, uh when you came up across the Vatican film list, did you look and immediately say, oh, cool, the Pope likes some of the same movies I do? Were there any on the list that were like, these are some of my favorite movies, too? Some of them definitely, Matt. I mean, you know, some of the movies that are on the list and that, that I that David and Father Michael and I got to write about are movies that people will know. Movies like It's a Wonderful Life, The Wizard of Oz, Fantasia, um, 2001 A Space Odyssey, Chariots of Fire, Ben-Hur, things like that. Like, you know, movies that a lot of people will have seen, or at least, you know, people who like movies. But then there are a lot of movies on the list that people probably haven't seen. And a lot of them are, you know, European classics like um, Babette's Feast. Some people might have seen that, but some people might not have seen movies like um, Federico Fellini's Eight and a Half or um, maybe um, Andrei Tarkovsky's Andrei Rublev. You know, these kind of art house movies, sort of, you know, thinking people's movies. Now, we love, we love these movies, the other authors and I. And we, one of the things we wanted to do with the book was to make these movies seem attractive to people who may not otherwise turn to kind of more highbrow type movies. But the list is full of all kinds of different stuff. And, you know, that's kind of part of the idea is the Vatican is saying, look, I mean, there are different kinds of movies for different kinds of circumstances. And that's why the list is actually divided up into three categories. The categories are religion, art, and uh, values. So three different categories, and films fit into those three different places. Yes, it is fascinating in a lot of ways. Were there any that you did not know about and did not watch until you started doing this project, and then you watched them and, and just like really uh, like appreciated them? Yeah, there were quite a few movies, actually, on the list that I had never seen and that I watched and really, really liked. Um, one that I recommend to people now is a movie called Ordet, O-R-D-E-T. And it's a movie by a Danish director named Carl Theodore Dreyer. Now, if people are getting disinterested hearing this description, I, I can assure them that uh, it is well worth the effort to watch this movie called Ordet. It is a beautiful movie about the Christian life. It's, it's set in Denmark, so the people in the movie are Lutherans, not Catholics. But it is a really beautiful, moving, and just kind of inspiring movie about about faith. So that was a that was a huge find for me. Ordet, love that one. There are some very interesting additions to this, and I just want to key in on one of them. Uh, bear in mind, this is the Vatican. This is the Pope who comes out with these are. This is the list of films that I like. And you mentioned already that one of them is Chariots of Fire. Now I don't mm -hmm. know if anybody knows anything about Chariots of Fire and the guy that it's kind of about. It's uh, Eric yeah. Little who was a missionary kid with, like, an interdenominational missionary society. He's an incredible runner. Uh, he refuses to compete on a Sunday because of his Christian faith. It goes on to do missionary work, work in China. It just strikes me, like, uh, I think he was, like, more, like, reformed maybe mm -hmm. in his like, – because he was Scottish. Uh, it, 
I wonder if, like, Eric Little was around in 1995, how he would feel about the Pope liking the movie based on his life. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, and it's really quite an ecumenical list. Uh, to your point, Eric Little was, a, yeah, he was a Scottish Presbyterian and, and a very kind of strict, almost kind of puritanical Presbyterian. I mean, yeah, he wouldn't he wouldn't run on a Sunday, which, you know, mo- most of us Catholics, we know we, we need to, to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. But um, there are lots of things we, we do do on a Sunday that we don't think conflict with with keeping the Sabbath. But for Eric Little, it was anything. You know, it was just very, very strict. But yeah, the, li- the list includes, um, you know, I mean, even the movie Gandhi is on the list, for example. You know, I mean, that that's not a movie about a Christian at all. It's about a, a faith leader from a completely different tradition. It isn't saying that we're like, you know, we're affirming the truth of Hinduism or anything like that. But we are, the Pope was able to say, even then in the 90s, like, hey, here's a movie about somebody who is really interesting and whose life might actually be edifying to Catholics, even though obviously he was not a Catholic. Yeah. See, the most glaring one to me is not even Gandhi. Uh, the most glaring to me is It's a Wonderful Life, Andrew, because yeah. it is uh, very much um, a sticking point in Catholic theology that you and I are, you know, a combination of the material and the spiritual. And there is no way that when we die, we become angels, yeah. especially not. Uh, angels that get wings when a bell rings. So, I mean, that's the, just the theologically glaring, uh, you know, inclusion for me is it's a wonderful life. But I'm, I know that people are going to be really interested in this and maybe checking out some of these films that they may have heard of before, a lot they haven't heard of before. How can they get the book? Yeah, they can go to wordonfire.org or Amazon or Barnes & Noble, wherever they get their books. I'm told that the first print run is about to sell out, but you can still get it on Kindle or as an ebook. But, you know, they're going to replenish those uh, hard copy supplies soon. And you're going to want to get those because it's just a, a really beautiful book. Makes a great gift. Yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. Thanks so much, Andrew. Have an awesome day. You too, Matt. Thank you. All right, back after this, it's 17 minutes past the hour. The Christmas Means Life campaign encourages you to add another person to your Christmas list, the baby Jesus, as represented by women and children in need by making a donation to your local pregnancy center. Another option is to support the JP2 Life Center, committed to saving lives with free pregnancy help services, holistic OBGYN care, and education programs. Find out more at jpiilifecenter.org. That's jpiilifecenter.org. Because Christmas means life. Are you looking for peace? Longing for joy? Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into a suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to LordTeachMeToPray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to LordTeachMeToPray.com. And click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB. Business owners are starting to think outside the box to find new customers. You can reach millions of engaged Catholic listeners by underwriting the Sunrise Morning Show. Each weekday morning, listeners across the U.S. and around the globe can hear your message for your business, ministry, or nonprofit on the Sunrise Morning Show. To find out how it works, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com. Have you ever wished you could listen to EWTN on a local radio station? Maybe our Lord is speaking to your heart to help make that happen. Don't let a lack of experience hold you back. 
Find out how you can help start a Catholic radio station where you live. Powered by the truth of the church and EWTN's dynamic radio programming. Email Steve at this address, radio at EWTN.com. 19 past, here's Anna with headlines. The Senate is delaying its holiday break and will return next week to work on an immigration deal as well as U.S. aid to Israel and Ukraine. Abortion clinics across Ohio are now asking a judge to permanently block the state's abortion ban. And Pope Francis met yesterday with members of Unitalsi, an Italian charitable organization dedicated to helping people with illnesses or disabilities make pilgrimages to lords and other sanctuaries. News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show. Anna Mitchell, so much to think about as we head into this third. I mean, it's hard to believe that we are going into the third Sunday. Matt, I can't believe that you just disparaged It's a Wonderful Life and didn't give Andrew Pettiprin a chance to... Well, we were short on time. Well, you know, he has already agreed. I'm not sure what day yet, but he has already agreed to come back on the show next week to offer Christmas viewing recommendations. Okay. I will be interested to see if If after that little salvo that you just, that little bomb that you just threw, which is theologically correct. Um, I'm just wondering if he's going to recommend it. In well, let me tell you how I'm going to make up for it, how I'm going to formally make up for it. Uh, I just finished uh, the edits on an episode of Coming Home Network Presents that's coming out next week. Yeah. On uh, famous conversions in film and literature. Neat. In Christmas stories. Nice. Scrooge. Scrooge. Chief Grinch. Yeah. Uh, Father Christmas converting Narnia. Nice. And George Bailey's conversion in It's a Wonderful Ooh. Life. Me, John Mark Rodi, and... <laughs> Joseph Pierce. Joseph Pierce. So look for that next week. Nice. We'll make up for it. Encountering Christ on Sacred Heart Radio has been happening in your car, on your smartphone, and at home for more than two decades now because of you. Thank you. But before the new year starts, if you're feeling called to make a special end-of-the-year contribution, please know that all gifts to Sacred Heart Radio are tax-deductible, giving you the benefit of a tax deduction and the blessing of encountering Christ whenever you like. To mail your gift, use the envelope from the Christmas newsletter or visit sacredheartradio.com and click on Donate. And again, thank you. Support us from Andiamo Artisan Bakery in Hamilton's German Village, featuring authentic Italian cookies and sweets to grace your table during the holidays from their signature sicilian almond paste cookies to cannoli and tiramisu celebrate the season with the flavors of chocolate walnut and fig order in store or online at andiamo-artisan-bakery.com that's a-n-d-i-a-m-o andiamo-artisan-bakery.com Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Honda East. With their exclusive Life Care Plus protection, if something goes wrong with your new Honda, you're covered. Help me, Honda East. Get the car that I want. Online at HondaEastCincy.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Trinity Church Supply, providing church supplies and religious gifts worldwide. From Catholic greeting cards, books, and willow tree, to sterling silver medals, rosaries, sacramental gifts, and statues. Trinity Church Supply, 5479 North Bend Road. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from J.C. Health Insurance agent George Justin. If you're turning 65, retiring, or simply have Medicare questions, George has answers. 
George is your pro-family, pro-life guide to Medicare, helping to simplify your transition by guiding you through the options to find a plan that meets your unique needs, all at no cost to you. Find out more from George Johnston at J.C. Health Insurance, 859-414-6591. That's 859-414-6591. Danielle Bean back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. You can connect with her, invite her to speak, or lead a retreat, listen to her girlfriend's podcast all through her site, daniellebean.com. Good morning, Danielle. Good morning. How are you? I am doing fine. Always happy to be talking to you. And today we're going to be discussing how to find joy in Advent. And joy, of course, one of the the main themes of Advent. But for many people, that might be a theme that just doesn't fit for them. I mean, it's whether it's because, you know, this is your first Advent without a loved one who has died Mm -hmm. in the past year. You're dealing with a lot of illness in the family, or maybe you're just running around like a chicken with your head cut off, trying to keep up with all the perfect, you know, Pinterest, perfect mothers who have their homes just so with all the perfect Advent, not Christmas, Advent decorations and and foods, uh, keeping up, you know, liturgically, correct um appearances right but is it possible to find joy in all of those situations i can tell you for sure it is it can be a little challenging and if you're thinking about joy in strictly kind of superficial worldly terms then no you can't always be that kind of joyful but the real kind of joy that god wants for us to have comes from our identity in him in our relationship with him and that's unchanging and this is something that's hard for us because we're we're small humans with our small human brains to wrap our our brains around is this idea that our joy that is rooted in our relationship with the lord it shouldn't be changed by our outside circumstances, is not essentially changed by our outside circumstances if it's authentic. Of course, this is a lifetime project to get there, to this perfect awareness of our relationship with God and to be rooted in that. But we all can focus more there, especially during the season of Advent. We're more deliberate about focusing on our relationship with the Lord and being rooted in that no matter what is going on around you, what difficult things you might be facing. And, you know, I'm not belittling that. I'm not dismissing that. There are people who are going through very hard things right now. And, you know, going through hard things during a time of year when everyone's telling you to make merry can sometimes be exceptionally difficult because you feel like you're the only one who's kind of struggling in the ways that you might be. And so, you know, if you're going through a time like that, be assured that God still has plans for your joy, especially during the season of Advent. Yeah. Still wants to give you the gift of his presence. I, I feel like going to the scriptures and reading about those times when the apostles were on the stormy seas might be yeah. uh, uh, particularly when, when Peter goes out amidst all of the waves and the chaos that's going on on the Sea of Galilee and and loses sight of the Lord momentarily, but then calls out to him. And that's when Jesus reaches out his hand and pulls him up. I mean, how would you encourage people to connect with the Lord if you're dealing with turbulent seas in your life? Right. I think, you know, like you, you just mentioned scripture, that is where to go because that is where God is speaking to you. Scripture is alive and God has a message for you in his scriptures that is unique to your circumstances. So 
spending some time in God's Word is a beautiful way to prepare for the coming of the Christmas season and a beautiful way to be connecting with God every day. It doesn't have to be fancy. You know, um, someone told me a few years ago that the book of Luke has uh, 24 chapters, so they recommended reading a chapter a day through Advent. I know, kind of a nice, easy way to kind of make that a a scripture habit for Advent, an easy, smallish commitment to make to reading scripture. And of course, now we're, we're partway into Advent, so if you start today, you'd have to catch up. But regardless of that, I think making time every day to spend time reading Scripture, especially reading the Gospels, especially reading Luke, and just focusing on those joyful mysteries. It's such a beautiful way to connect with the life of our Lord, to connect with the life of Mary and her experiences, and, you know, really be looking to go deeper in that relationship. Regardless of what's going on in the world around you, God wants to speak to you in that. He wants to speak to you a unique message that he has for you. He wants to encourage you. He wants to affirm you. He wants to encourage you to know your worth and your identity and what he's calling you to. And he can speak all of that to you through his word, but you have to make the time to sit in it. You know, I think particularly for those who are battling sadness from whatever issue in their life can possibly take hope in the fact that even the story of the nativity has these undertones of, you know, this newborn king laying in the manger still has undertones of his passion Mm -hmm. inside that story. Amid that story, you can see, you know, little hints toward, Mm -hmm. toward what is in store for him as he continues his earthly life, what is in store for his mother as she continues on Uh, journey, the journey with him in that life. I mean, even amid these joyful events are sadness, but also hope. Mm -hmm. Right. I think that's so important. And, you know, sometimes we can kind of glamorize it a little bit. You know, we're like, oh, they traveled to Bethlehem and gave birth in this beautiful you know, manger scene, and, you know, it sounds so Not quite as but smelly it's... when you're using a nativity scene that you bought at a store, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we kind of sanitize it a bit, maybe glamorize it a little bit. But, you know, I, I often think of Mary traveling to Bethlehem, nine months pregnant, on a donkey. Like, you know, so many of us can, can relate to that kind of late pregnancy feeling. I'm sure she was depleted, exhausted. And also, I'm sure that she had in mind how this baby would be born, where this baby would be born. And it didn't look like this. Like, this was not her plan. And so focusing on Our Lady's acceptance of God's will, even among difficult circumstances, things that were challenging, things that weren't going according to her plan, continuing to trust in the Lord. What a beautiful example she gives us. And as we're reading that story, I think it's really helpful if you're going through hard things to look for the hard things. See what our Lord and our Lady and St. Joseph were enduring, what they were going through, and yet focused on the Lord, focused on hope and joy through all of it. Well, thank you so much, Danielle Bean. You can find daniellebean.com, linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Half past the hour now on the Sunrise Morning Show, it's time for news. The U.S. Senate is delaying its holiday break and returning next week to work on an immigration deal. Majority Leader Chuck Schumer announced yesterday that the Senate will be back in session on Monday and that negotiators from both parties and the White House will work through the weekend as well. Senate Republicans have said an immigration deal is crucial before they can vote on U.S. aid to Israel and Ukraine. One of the Franciscans who cares for the Holy Land sites says Jerusalem is 
empty of pilgrims, but full of hope. From Vatican Radio, Sister Benedicta Kropic reports. People feel uncertainty and fear, says Father Jelko Barbaric, a Franciscan priest, especially for those who were economically dependent on pilgrims. Despite the absence of gunfire on the streets of Jerusalem, the reality of war is present all over the city. In Jerusalem, we live quite peacefully and almost as hard as it is to say normally. Around 100 kilometers away in the Gaza Strip, war is raging and pro Probably only those who are there know how intense the war is and what is happening on the ground, says Father Jelko. But still people in Jerusalem are deeply personally involved with happenings in Gaza. Many Israeli Jews have someone who is currently on the front line or deployed to some other critical area. Others know someone who was killed, kidnapped or injured on 7th October. He underscores the significant human cost of the conflict, stating that a lot of blood was spilled and the hostage crises is still ongoing. Jerusalem's old city and Bethlehem's economy, reliant on pilgrims and tourism, face significant challenges due to the war. Some of the hotels that recently housed pilgrims have been turned into temporary accommodation for people who have been evacuated from the areas close to Gaza Strip and the border with Lebanon. Pilgrim groups are a rare sight in the Holy Land. The sanctuaries are empty, says Father Jelko. Despite these challenges, the Franciscans of the custody of the Holy Land remain present. We are still here, although there are no pilgrims. We share the good and the bad with people who live in these areas. We pray for peace and guard the sanctuaries marked by the life, death and resurrection of our Lord. Sister Nina Benedicta Krapic. The Senate is approving back pay now for senior military officers who had their promotions held up for months by Republican Senator Tommy Tuberville of Alabama over a Pentagon pro-abortion policy. The bill passed unanimously yesterday and will still require House approval when those lawmakers return from holiday break. Tuberville held up promotions for 10 months in protest of a Defense Department policy that allowed service members reimbursement for travel to obtain abortions. But he eventually gave in. Abortion clinics across Ohio are asking a judge now to permanently block the state's abortion ban. This coming after Ohioans voted to approve issue one last month, which adds abortion rights into the Ohio Constitution. Ohio had banned abortion after the detection of a fetal heartbeat, but that had been on hold since September of 2022 when a judge ruled to block it temporarily. The latest filings seek to block it permanently. President Biden is laying out how the Inflation Reduction Act is capping prescription drug costs. Brian Shook reports. While at the National Institutes of Health in Maryland Thursday, he announced Medicare enrollees could save on dozens of medications under a law penalizing pharmaceutical companies if they raise prices faster than the rate of inflation. The president said lowering drug costs is not just about health care. It's about dignity and security. The White House estimates the move could cut costs for about 750,000 seniors. I'm Brian Shook. NASA's Voyager 1 spacecraft and its mission team on Earth have lost communication. Mark Mayfield has the story. Engineers are working on the computer glitch. The 46-year-old probe is the furthest spacecraft from Earth. Its flight data system seems to be stuck on repeat. The team first noticed the problem a month ago when Voyager 1 started sending Earth a repeating looped pattern of ones and zeros. NASA says the team has been sending commands to the probe to restart the flight data system, but so far, there's been no usable data back. I'm Mark Mayfield. 
And it appears a potential merger between the Diocese of Columbus and the Diocese of Steubenville could be back on the table. The National Catholic Register reports there was what was described as very preliminary discussions on the matter recently. It's 35 past the hour. Have you used our QR code to download the Sacred Heart Radio app? The app lets you hear Sacred Heart Radio from anywhere and gives you access to the Sunrise Morning Show and Driving Home the Faith podcast. To get the app, visit sacredheartradio.com and scan the QR code. Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air are proud supporters of Sacred Heart Radio, home of the 100% satisfaction guarantee, because our work is done right the first time. For all your plumbing, heating, and air conditioning work, Find us at skpha.com, skpha.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Central Fabricators. Central Fabricators is currently seeking welders for their ASME code fabrication shop. They're looking for hardworking professionals who enjoy meeting challenges and surpassing customer expectations. Candidates are required to have experience in fit-up and welding. This is long-term employment in a secure, rewarding full-time career with a four-day work week, health care and dental benefits, and paid vacations. More information at centralfabricators.com. That's centralfabricators.com. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this Friday, December the 15th. Your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air online at skpha.com. Going to be a nice day today. Right now, it's kind of cold with temperatures in the mid-20s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, it'll be mostly to partly sunny today with a high of 53 degrees clouds building tonight with an overnight low of 34 it'll be nice again tomorrow partly to mostly cloudy with a high of 53 degrees for the miami valley dayton area sunshine to start then a few afternoon clouds today with a high of 54 partly cloudy this evening becoming partly cloudy or becoming cloudy rather after midnight and an overnight low of 32 cloudy skies tomorrow and high near 53 degrees This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim and uh, Anna Mitchell. You know, freedom, liberty, these things are, uh, they get tossed around a lot. Usually they get tossed around, as Ken Craycraft would remind us. When we're Americans, we usually talk about them solely in terms of individual rights. Yes. What can I have for me? And uh, how can you not infringe upon that? And Those boy, has that come to a head in recent weeks. There's actually a, a, believe it or not, there's actually a whole religion based on, like, I am the determiner of my own outcomes and nobody can infringe upon that. I don't know if you've ever heard of this religion. It's actually called Satanism. Uh, but uh, there are some things that have hit the news about Satanism, Anna Mitchell, and I know that yeah. you... Uh, oh, man. Okay. I have so many stuff. thoughts. Well, actually, this... Um, I have been wanting to talk about the college professor, well, the college presidents that were speaking. Some of at them a are not, as, not college presidents anymore, but yes. Right. Yeah, there's uh, quite a bit of controversy. But on free speech grounds, they said because of the freedom of speech, they could not explicitly state that someone calling for the genocide of Jews. Um, could be against campus policy. So I think that something like this 
made people think about what actually do we mean by freedom of speech? And, well, Americans, yeah. I mean, like, it's a slippery slope when you look at it as an absolute individual right that anyone is allowed to have whatever opinion they want to have and we cannot infringe on that right to their opinion but this is actually not a catholic belief and so i have with me here marare vos by pope gregory the 16th written in 1832 i've highlighted a few quotes here matt So this is coming in, excuse me, this is coming uh, in the wake of, let's see, he is the Pope right after Pope Pius VII, who was the Pope that kind of achieved uh, peace, I put that in scare quotes, uh, with Napoleon. So coming after the French Revolution. being kidnapped by him. Right, right, right. His predecessor having been kidnapped by Napoleon and his predecessor having gone into exile because of French Revolution soldiers. <clears throat> okay, so Gregory the Sixteenth writes, Depravity exalts, science is imprudent, liberty dissolute, the holiness of the sacred is despised, the majesty of divine worship is not only disapproved by evil men, but defiled and held up to ridicule. Hence, sound doctrine is perverted, and errors of all kinds spread boldly. The laws of the sacred, the rights, institutions, and discipline, none are safe from the audacity of those speaking evil. Gee, does that sound like it could have been written today? It sounds like it could have been written in the Psalms, but go ahead. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So he goes on to blame what is known as indifferentism. And from a political standpoint, indifferentism is basically means that rulers, as a matter of policy, must be indifferent toward any religion. So basically, all religions are equal, which to the American ear, I would think, sounds pretty fundamental, right? Like, we can't favor any religion over another Nope. So rulers, according to Catholic political thought, are meant to uphold the common good. This is their call as leaders whose authority comes from God. And so what is the common good, Matt? The common good? I was about to say, how long do you want me to go on this? But give give me a quick summary. God himself is the common good. Man's ultimate end, man's ultimate good is to be united with God himself. Now, the government is only so competent in terms of bringing man to God himself, but should certainly not be undercutting man's pursuit of God himself. And so when we talk about freedom as Catholics— We don't mean that you have absolute freedom to do whatever you want because God gave us free will. No, 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 no. Freedom lies in our freedom to choose the good. So he goes on to condemn this idea of indifferentism. He says, we now consider 
another abundant source of evils with which the church is afflicted at present, indifferentism. He goes on to write, this shameful font of indifferentism gives rise to that absurd and erroneous proposition which claims that liberty of conscience must be maintained for everyone. It spreads ruin in sacred and civil affairs, though some repeat over and over again with the greatest imprudence. He says, thence comes transformation of minds, corruption of youths, contempt of sacred things and holy laws. In other words, a pestilence more deadly to the state than any other. Experience shows, even from the earliest times, that cities renowned for wealth, dominion, and glory perished as a result of this single evil, namely immoderate freedom of opinion, license of free speech, and desire for novelty. He said, we have learned that certain teachings are being spread as... Change a couple of words in this, or adjust a couple of the words in here, Matt, and tell me if this sounds like today. We have learned that certain teachings are being spread among the common people in writings which attack the trust and submission due to princes. The torches of treason are being lit everywhere. Care must be taken lest the people being deceived are led away from the straight path. Hello, Twitter. Do you think he could have said (laughs) the teachings being spread among the common people in social media which attack the trust and submission due to our leaders? I mean, goodness gracious. And then he goes on to say, but for the other painful causes we are concerned about, you should recall that certain societies and assemblages seem to draw up a battle line together with the followers of every false religion and cult. They feign piety for religion, but they are driven by a passion for promoting novelties and sedition everywhere. They preach liberty of every sort, they stir up disturbances in sacred and civil affairs and pluck authority to pieces. So, essentially, there is uh, one group that calls itself the Satanic Temple, mm-hmm. and its tenets are you do you, serve nobody, right? Uh, I mean, this is like the, the core tenet of Satanism is that, you know, you do you take care of your own liberties. I mean, this is ultimately... I mean, they're satanic temple people don't actually worship Satan because they don't believe he exists. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but that impulse goes back all the way to Lucifer's fall. Right. I will not serve. I will do what I will do. And, you know, it's an interesting insight into what hell is actually like. If mm. hell is truly uh, if heaven is full of people who say to God, as C.S. Lewis says, heaven is full of people who say to God, thy will be done. And hell is full of people to whom God says, all right, thy will be done. Who wants to be in a place with no authority and no morality, full of nothing but people, nothing but the most selfish souls <laughs> of all yeah. time? Like, no, How are you misery. going to it's be misery. happy in that situation? It's, it's, it's misery by definition. Um, yeah. Yeah, there there are all kinds of ways that we so- could sort of get into the historical stuff about this and and how the Reformation triggers a lot of these oh, things. Oh man, all nominalism. Uh, because, yeah. Because when you get all these tribal denominational confessional churches that are starting to go at one another and getting sponsorship by princes and various kingdoms are sponsoring and debates, undermining any any kind of authority. Well, what's happening is you've got 
a secular authority saying, all right, I'll be in charge of this debate where you two religious people get together and sort it out. And in that context, the optic is that the state is here overseeing these two religions mm-hmm. talking about stuff that is less important than what yeah. the state is in charge of. Yeah. And that breaks it all down. Breaks it all down. At the end of the day, you are not endowed with life, liberty, and the right to the pursuit of happiness by the state, but inalienably given those things by your creator. Yeah. And even our deist founders who wrote that understood that piece of it. Well. This, I mean, it has been so undermined by this idea of the individual being the basic unit of society. And we've lost this idea of the common good. And we have lost a sense of what the common good is anyway. And here we are seeing presidents of the most prestigious universities in the United States saying we can't condemn somebody who has just called for genocide of an entire race of people simply because we believe in the freedom of speech. We see but they a don't. man decide. Well, of course they don't. They don't actually believe. They don't actually believe in that. But because I bet you could say some things to get in trouble at those campuses. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Say that men and women are unique yes you're getting canceled absolutely say that marriage is between a man and a woman you're getting canceled say that a woman shouldn't have a right to kill her unborn child you're getting canceled but you call for the genocide of jews in light of uh the military attacks on palestine right now sorry i can't Tell them they can't say that. Yeah. Really? It's a little wild. This is wild. this is amazing to me. Well, it's a head game. And it, it without a common authority and a sense of the common good, you have goalposts that move all over the field all the time based well, on the mood of whoever's hanging out at the top at the time. It is amazing how prescient Marari Vos is. Go read it. Pope Gregory the Sixteenth in eighteen thirty two. And how relevant this document is for today. It they needs to be recovered. It needs well, to be unearthed. Maybe you should post a link to it somewhere. Huh. Like on our Facebook page. I think I would be or in the chat. Very happy to do it. Chat. We're back right after this. It's eleven minutes before the hour. Support is for MetaShare. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also a time you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. For many families, switching to MediShare saves about $500 a month, which is a game changer for a lot of people. And what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the member satisfaction rate compared to health insurance. Double. MediShare is a proven thing, too, for over 30 years. It's a Christian community of more than 400,000 members And here's the thing. If you join before December 15th and you mention the promo code SHARE, you'll get another 10% off all of 2024. That's 12 months of savings. So I'll give you the number here in a second. But call. You'll get a price within two minutes. And again, the deadline's December 15th. So call now. You'll save even more. Here's the number. 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. 
This is Dr. David Anders. Are your friends or family discouraging you from becoming Catholic? We can help on Call to Communion this afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern. Now back to the Sunrise Morning Show. I did. So, uh, sorry, I thought that we uh, we had like a, a recorded thing coming in. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I am uh, Matt Swaim, joined now by Father Jonathan Duncan of the Diocese of Charleston to look at the readings for Gaudete Sunday. Father Duncan, good morning. Good morning, Matt. Good to be with you. Do you have rose vestments? Are they ready? No, no, but, we, but I've got plenty of rose candles. And, in fact, uh, I think I'm going to make a... Uh, a rose water raspberry trifle for Sunday, so I'm, I'm getting my wow. rose on. Drink a nice rosé somewhere in the middle there. Who knows? All right, Who... simmer down there. <laughs> Don't get a little too crazy. Uh, so uh, we get some really interesting stuff. Gaudete, of course, means rejoice. We're going to hear that uh, throughout the course of uh, the early readings in Mass and in the responsorial psalm. But uh, you know, we've been hearing a lot about John the Baptist. Uh, through the beginnings of Advent, and now we get to see him sort of uh, decreasing, right? Him sort of shifting things and the focus going much more towards Christ. Absolutely. So, you know, again, we've been unfolding these mysteries through the season of Advent. And, of course, we began Advent, and even a couple of weeks before Advent, with looking at the return of the Lord Jesus and how that return will be chaotic and cataclysmic in many ways, uh, but also a source of hope. And, of course, we have Advent introducing us uh, to John the Baptist, whose message is, is, a, is a tough message. It's a message of repentance. It's a message of turn away from the path you're going on which is essentially what, what that kind of repentance means, turn away from the path of sin and death and turn towards life and, and prepare for something. And now, as we're getting closer and closer, there's a point in Advent where, where things begin to tip and it's moving towards, uh, at a greater speed, the reality of the Incarnation and preparing for Christ. And, of course, that is a source of joy. So Gaudete Sunday, as we get closer to celebrating that mystery, the whole tenor of the, of the season shifts towards the joy of the Incarnation. And, of course, repentance and all of the fiery preaching of John the Baptist is necessary, but it's also meant to prepare and to lead one to the point where you come face-to-face with the Son of God. It that is interesting— uh, you know, to hear how John handles these questions that come to him uh, different uh, than the way that Jesus answers these same questions <laughs> when they come to him. You know, because in Matthew chapter 16, uh, Jesus is in Caesarea Philippi. He says to his disciples, who's everybody say that I am? And uh, they say, Elijah, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. Some say you're even John the Baptist. Well, when John the Baptist got asked this question, he said, I'm not the Christ, <laughs> right? He was pretty right. clear Very, uh, that he was not the, the guy, not the guy. He said, I'm not the Christ. I'm not the one. There's another coming after me. 
Uh, I'm not quite, you know, this, this, there seems to be some mystery with John as to, like, is, is this relative of mine, is this cousin of mine really the, the one? But he's, he's very clear. I'm not the Christ. And yet when even John sends his disciples to Jesus, John from, from prison, what does Jesus say? What, what is the message he sends back? John, look at what you're seeing. In other words, he doesn't answer with a simple, yes, I'm the, I'm the Messiah, though there are times where he does you know, reveal himself completely. But he says, no, 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 look at, look at what I've been doing. Ask your own heart. You know, the blind are seeing. You've got the sick being made well. You've got good news preached to the poor. In other words, you've got the fulfillment of what we're going to hear on Sunday from the prophet Isaiah. Good news coming to those who are in bondage. Good news to the poor. Good news to, to all those marginalized. So you tell me, who do you think I am? Yeah, and that Look was great confirmation for his yeah for for those disciples of John who are wondering if they should be shifting allegiances, right? Uh, and how's this going to work out too? But also, I'm 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 struck by even when Jesus answers Simon in Matthew 16, when uh, when Jesus says, "Who do you say I am?" and Simon says, "You are the Messiah, the Son of the Living God." Jesus doesn't say, "We have a winner." You're right, I am. Instead, he says, "Blessed are you. This is not revealed by flesh and blood, but my Father in heaven." I mean, even that. Uh, still maintains a little bit of the mystery. It's a it's a mysterious yes as opposed to just like a a straight up answer, which I think is a really interesting thing for us to continue to ponder because we're not just moving to like uh, a really you know sort of practical you know Q and A solve the problem situation, but a mysterious incarnational presence uh, of Christ among us as we head towards the end of that. An Advent. answer that only comes by faith. A gift of faith. Well, thank you so much, Father Jonathan Duncan. Have a great weekend, and don't go too crazy on that rosewater thingy you're making. Thanks, Matt. All right, we are done here on the EWTN Radio Network for a Friday. We got a little bit coming up for our local audience, but we'll talk to the rest of you during the third week of Advent. It's hard to believe that we'll be in the home stretch towards Christmas, but we'll be here to help you out and hope you'll be here to help us out. Until then, I'm Matt Swain. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home the Faith when Ambassador Michelle Burke Bowes will report on the status of the Children's Hospital that's in Bethlehem and the Holy Land. Brian Close will discuss the latest news from Human Life International. I'll explain the readings for Gaudete Sunday with frequent traffic and weather to get you home safely. That's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to Christ the King. Driving home The Comboni Missionaries present the 76th Annual Nativity Experience, a family favorite for generations. The birth of Christ is retold in an incredible room-sized animated diorama of the Holy Land. Admission is free. Donations to food banks accepted. The Nativity Experience at the Comboni Mission Center in Anderson. Open 6 to 8 p.m. daily, December 15th through 30th. Close Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. More information at ComboniMissionaries.org slash nativity. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoting Realtors. Trusted and recommended by generations of families to sell their homes. Licensed in Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. Hoting Realtors, 513-451-4800 and at Hoting.com. Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Molly Maid of Westchester. 
with 30 years of trusted quality service and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. 1-800-MOLLY-MADE or at mollymade.com. Molly Made, a clean you can trust. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Twin Dental of Cincinnati. Since 1986, twin brothers Drs. David and Michael Rothen have been providing superior dental care in a relaxed and comfortable setting for the entire family. The twin dental doctors utilize advanced dentistry techniques from sedation to implants and the latest in cosmetic options to preserve and beautify smiles. Twin Dental, located just off the I-275 exit at Hamilton Avenue. For a complimentary evaluation, 513-825-6111 and online at twindental.com. Start your new year with purpose. Gate of Heaven Cemetery of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati is here to help you understand church teachings to assist your loved ones tomorrow by thinking ahead today. Gate of Heaven Cemetery's free pre-planning seminar is on Tuesday, January 23rd, offering three time slots for your convenience, 11 a.m., 2 p.m., or 6 p.m. For reservations, 513-489-0300 or email community at gateofheaven.org. I'm Deacon Bill Mullaney from Immaculate Heart of Mary Parish. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. Arise, it's a new We continue on this Friday, the 15th of December, praying together in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You are our salvation, Lord. You are the way to life. May we walk by your ways. You are the source of life. May we choose the fruit of life rather than the fruit of disobedience and death. You are the fulfillment of God's promise. May we heed your voice. Lord Jesus Christ, you are the true fruit of the tree of life. Make wise those who are tempted by the forbidden fruit, that they may taste and see how good you are. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. It is a better way to start a Friday morning. Some of you have been along for a little while today, and now the sun's up. When you started listening, and someone not even out yet. And now here we are. It's still morning. Look at us. Whoever thought we'd be here together. Well, we are glad that you are with us, and we've got lots to get to here on a Friday morning. We'll talk to Joseph Pierce, as we tend to do uh, first thing on a Friday. Father Philip Michael Tangora will talk about the feminine character of the church and the role of women in the church. Father Hezekiah Carnazzo has some thoughts on the readings for, for Gaudete Sunday, and Joe Heschmeyer will discuss the Holy Innocents, and were they martyrs? Now, that's a question that some of y'all might not have ever thought of before. So, stay with us if you can. Right now it is two minutes past. News of service of Bridgetown Finer Meats and BridgetownFinerMeats.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. 
Good morning. Abortion clinics across Ohio are now asking a judge to permanently block the state abortion ban. This comes after Ohioans voted to approve issue one last month, which adds abortion rights into the Ohio Constitution. Ohio had banned abortion after the detection of a fetal heartbeat, but that had been on hold since September of 2022 when a judge ruled to block it temporarily. The latest filings seek to ban it permanently. The Senate in Washington is scrambling to reach a deal on aid for Ukraine, Israel and border security before the holiday break. Trey Thomas reports. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said lawmakers will continue negotiations on President Biden's national security package. Yesterday, we had another round of productive conversations and there was more progress. But of course, there's more work to do. Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell, meanwhile, criticized Democrats for waiting until the 11th hour to get serious on border discussions. I'm Trey Thomas. The Senate is approving back pay for senior military officers whose promotions had been held up for months by Republican Senator Tommy Tuberville of Alabama over a Pentagon pro-abortion policy. The bill passed unanimously yesterday and will still require House approval once lawmakers return from their holiday break. Tuberville held up promotions for 10 months in protest of the Defense Department's policy that allowed service members reimbursement to travel to obtain abortions, but he eventually gave in. It appears that a potential merger between the Diocese of Columbus and the Diocese of Steubenville is back on the table. The National Catholic Register reports Columbus Bishop Earl Fernandez and Steubenville's Apostolic Administrator, Bishop Paul Bradley, met recently for what was described as very preliminary discussions. The idea of a merger had been originally proposed in 2022, but was scrapped after resistance from parishioners and clergy. Pope Francis yesterday received members of Unitalsi, an Italian charitable organization dedicated to assisting people with illnesses or disabilities to make pilgrimages to lords and other sanctuaries around the world. From Vatican Radio, Christopher Wells reports. The Pope begun the catechesis. That is not the right story. Hang on. That was not Christopher Wells. Here it is. The Holy Father thanked them for their valuable service and encouraged them not to grow tired in going against the tide in a world that marginalizes and discards people in the name of well-being and efficiency at all costs. The Pope went on to reflect on the symbols of the anniversary logo, a staff and sandals representing pilgrimage, and the image of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Pilgrimage, the Pope said, is at the center of their work and can serve as a balm for the wounds of people with disabilities or illnesses, for the elderly and for the poor who take part in them. The Pope said that in pilgrims is reflected the face of Christ, who took our infirmities upon himself to impregnate them with the power of the resurrection. The experience of pilgrimage, embracing the values of welcome, hospitality, and solidarity, can become a sign of a church that walks together, a church as a field hospital. Pope Francis encouraged the group to always have the style of compassion in silence and discretion, because in the face of suffering, words must make way for closeness and for gestures of tenderness. Finally, the Pope encouraged Unitelsi members to always trust in Mary, continue to seek her, he said, to contemplate her, invoke her, and lay at her feet the labors, the anxieties, and the sorrows that each person bears. 
After thanking them once again, Pope Francis noted that in these days leading up to Christmas, the figure of Mary appears even more familiar to us, closer to us. He invited everyone to look to Mary's example, to learn to say yes, to welcome God's plans without fear, and to care for the smallest and the most defenseless. I'm Christopher Wells. And the Census Bureau is proposing to change the way it collects information on people with disabilities. And some experts warn it could end up drastically undercounting the disabled population. The American Community Survey is an annual demographics report that asks people to answer yes or no to questions about things they have difficulty with. And the proposed changes would have respondents rank their difficulty on a scale. A test of the new questions saw people defined as having a disability drop from 14% to 8%. Advocates worry these numbers could have an impact on policymaking, research, and funding. 8.07 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. Here's Paul Lockman. Well, thank you very much, Anna Mitchell. And uh, last night, it got the NFL got started with a scoregami. Uh, that means a unique score. First time ever in the history, a game finished at 63-21. to 21. Raiders were on the good side of things. Uh, Vegas knocked off the Chargers 63-21. to 21, And uh, that means uh, we are now set. The next NFL game to be played will be our Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, both teams enter the contest 7-6. and six. Nick Mullins will start for the Vikings after taking the place of Josh Dobbs. And he'll have to go up against Jake Browning, who will try to lead the Bengals to their third straight win after beating Indy and Jacksonville in the past two weeks. Bengals outside the playoff picture right now, but uh, if Browning can beat Jake Browning, we may have a chance. He's been lights out the past two weeks. 629 yards, three touchdowns, only one interception. It got taken back to the house. And it says here on my paper, the Bengals haven't lost to Minnesota since 1992. My really? goodness. Uh, last night in the NHL world, how about this? The Blue Jackets led 5 to nothing on the Toronto Maple Leafs, only for the Maple Leafs to score five goals and take the game to overtime. But thank goodness, Kent Johnson scored the game winner. Kent Johnson, of course, went to what college, Anna Mitchell? No idea. Multiple choice. It is either Ohio State or Michigan. Ohio State. He went to Michigan, Anna Mitchell. Did. I know. I don't know. I love your allegiance, though, to your Buckeyes. And you said it either way. So that's uh, that's fair. And, of course, we do have Joseph Pierce on the line, which means uh, we got to check in on uh, Chelsea. Chelsea plays tomorrow at 10 a.m. against Sheffield United. What should we know, Joseph? Well, this would be an absolute disaster and debacle <laughs> if, they, if they do anything but win because they have home advantage. They're playing established their home ground and they're playing a Sheffield United who are what bottom of the Premier League, um, and I think they've only won one game so far this season. So anything but a victory tomorrow, and uh, really be hit new lows. Yeah, the stats I have in front of me, uh, through 16 games played, Chelsea's goal differential is zero. They've they've scored as many as they've given up. Well, uh, Sheffield, not so lucky. They are a minus 29. Ooh. Exactly. So even though we're pretty poor this season, we should, in theory, be good enough to beat Sheffield United. Gotcha. Uh, Anna Mitchell, anything to add to this? No, no. Well, well, all right. Good luck uh, tomorrow. Good luck to the Blues. Thank you. You're very welcome. Joseph, hang on the line. We'll get right back to you. We got to go to traffic and weather first. Traffic and service of Larkin Cobb, Chevrolet, Buick, and GMC in Eaton, Ohio. On the web at LarkinCobb.com. 
Take it away, Anna Mitchell. All right. Well, not a whole lot going on on the interstates right now. A little bit heavy on southbound 75 as you're exiting the Lachlan split and a little bit heavy on northbound 75 as you're approaching the Norwood lateral. Now, for weather, really good news on that front. Mostly sunny to partly sunny today in Cincinnati with a high of 53 degrees. Clouds building tonight with an overnight low of 34. And for tomorrow, partly sunny to mostly cloudy with a high of 53. For the Miami Valley Dayton area, sunshine to start today, then a few afternoon clouds with a high of 54 degrees. Partly cloudy this evening, then becoming cloudy after midnight with an overnight low of 32. Cloudy tomorrow with a high near 53 degrees. Today is Friday, December the 15th. We are rolling toward Gaudete Sunday here on the Sunrise Morning Show. We'll have more on that with Father Hezekiah Carnazzo a little bit later this hour previewing the readings for the third Sunday of Advent. And a reminder, folks, the fourth Sunday of Advent is a week from Sunday. And the fourth Sunday of Advent is also Christmas Eve. So just keep that straight in your heads. We'll talk more about that next week and try to figure out the whole mass situation with you while we're at it. Joseph Beers back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show, visiting professor of literature at Ave Maria University and a visiting fellow of Thomas More College of the Liberal Arts. He's with the Augustan Institute and the St. Austin Review. Join his inner sanctum at jpierce.co. We've been going through his book, Faith of Our Fathers, A History of True England. Joseph, welcome back. It's good to be back, Hannah. It is good to have you back. And we left off last time we were talking about the book about, I guess you could call them the complicated issues over the succession to the throne in England after the death of Queen Mary Tudor. Now, Catholics understood that Elizabeth was not the legitimate heir to the throne, technically speaking. Can you remind us why that is? Yes, because um, Elizabeth was born out of wedlock, in other words, illegitimately, because although um, Henry got married to Elizabeth's mother, Anne Boleyn, while Anne Boleyn was, I think, about six months pregnant, so they were married at the time of Elizabeth's birth, um, the point is that uh, Henry was still married uh, in, in the eyes of God, in the eyes of the church, to his first wife, um, Catherine of Aragon, uh, and therefore the marriage—the marriage with uh, Anne Boleyn was, was was an invalid marriage, and therefore Elizabeth's born out of wedlock. And, uh, and as someone, if someone's illegitimate, uh, not not born within the uh, the sacrament of uh, marriage, um, they're they're not legitimate to become heirs to the throne. So therefore, Elizabeth could not be the true heir to the throne. That's the logic behind it. Okay, but from a Protestant standpoint, he did marry her and divorced Catherine of Aragon. But even that is a complicated matter, is it not? Yeah, I mean, at various times, Henry VIII himself declared at one point Elizabeth uh, illegitimate. Uh, and 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 not not an heir to the throne. Um, so yeah, even he, even uh, her father 
seemed somewhat in doubt as to, <laughs> as to whether or not she was legitimate. So, you know, the whole thing was very, very complicated. And uh, it, it, it would remain so. And uh, this was used, actually, by Elizabeth's you know, torturers and spy masters and by Elizabeth herself to basically say that Catholics were traitors because uh, they questioned the legit, her legitimacy. Okay, well, I want to get back to that point in just a second, but uh, I think it worth covering. Who did Catholics recognize as the legitimate heir to the throne if Elizabeth was not? So Mary Stuart, Mary Queen of Scots, uh, was the uh, the uh, definitely the heir to the throne uh, uh, after Elizabeth, you know, if you, even if you accept Elizabeth's uh, legitimacy as the monarch, uh, until or unless she gets married and has children, which of course she never does, mm-hmm. uh, Ma- Ma- Mary Stuart, Queen of Scots, is the legitimate heir to the throne. And of course, if Elizabeth is not a legitimate, then Mary, Queen of Scots, becomes queen uh, as soon um, as Mary Tudor uh, dies. So. Uh, she's the uh, she's the queen, and, and what complicates things is that that she has problems in in Scotland. She's Mary Queen of Scots, largely because of the the, the Calvinists, the, the, the Protestants up there, uh, and she's forced into exile from her own country and comes uh, to Elizabeth, her cousin, uh, seeking uh, support uh, and, and succor. And what Elizabeth does is is throw him into prison. So uh, we now have the what many people consider to be the true Queen of England in prison by people who people think is the, the false Queen of England. Wow. Uh, so you, you can just see the, the turbulent uh, and confused time in which England had been plunged, uh, wow. thanks to Henry VIII's own infidelity. Well, with cousins like that, who needs enemies? My goodness. Exactly. So go back to this point. How did all of this then play into how Elizabeth would treat Catholics during her very long reign? Yeah, well, things were, things were complicated because the northern part of England, which which was staunchly Catholic anyway, uh, in 1569. So so it, it, Mary Queen of Scots arrives in England seeking. Uh, support from her cousin, and he's put in prison in 1568. In 1569, the following year, the northern earls and the, and the people of the north of England march south, intent on, on freeing the, uh, Mary, Queen of Scots, the true queen as they see her. And, of course, most of these are Catholics. When that rebellion is put down ruthlessly, with people being hanged without trial in villages all over northern England, a Pope St. Pius V responds, basically, by excommunicating Elizabeth for her brutality. He calls her the pretended Queen of England, so where he stands on the legitimacy issue is, 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 is not in doubt. And that angers Elizabeth uh, to such a degree that she steps up her war on the, on the Catholics of England. I think maybe with that little teaser, we should leave it there for today and we'll get more into uh, some of the incredible stories that come out of this time with the martyrs of, of England and Wales. But in the meantime, you can find the book, Faith of Our Fathers, A History of True England, linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. We've been talking to Joseph Pierce. You can also find his website, jpierce.co, linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Joseph, thank you so much. My pleasure, Anna, as always. God bless you. You too, Joseph. Thank you very much. All right, 17 past now on the Sunrise Morning Show. We're back with traffic and weather right after this. 
Food makes the party. And you can find the perfect party foods at Bridgetown Finer Meats, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. From mini sandwiches to their jumbo pretzel sandwich, meat and cheese or vegetable and relish trays, Bridgetown Finer Meats can make hosting a party a breeze. And choose your wine while you're there. The BFM Wine Shop has high-quality wines from all over the world. Bridgetown Finer Meats on Bridgetown Road, 513-574-3100, on the web at bridgetownfinermeats.com. Offering Catholic retreats based on Ignatian spirituality, the Jesuit Spiritual Center invites you to a weekend of prayer and renewal. As you begin a new year, take time to slow down, refocus, and experience the peace of Christ that surpasses all understanding. Register now at jesuitspiritualcenter.com, jesuitspiritualcenter.com. That's jesuitspiritualcenter.com, jesuitspiritualcenter.com. Tim Maley here, General Manager at Shock Tile and Carpet. Shock is a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. Family owned and operated since 1928, Shock hopes this season is filled with many blessings to you and yours. In the market for hardwood, check out MSI's Ladson and McCarran. Manufactured from European white oak, these engineered planks are on trend and highly sophisticated. Residential, commercial, new home construction, 513-922-3466 or shocktile.com. That's S-C-H-O-C-H tile.com. 19 past now on the Sunrise Morning Show, and this traffic report is a service of Rose Automotive pre-owned vehicles on Erie Highway in Hamilton on the web at roseautomotivegroup.com. Not seeing much happening on the interstates right now. You're moving pretty well, no matter where you're headed. Let's look at weather. Great news there, too. Mostly to partly sunny today in Cincinnati with a high of 53 degrees. Might be a good day to go out and put up your lights on your house if you're planning on doing that. Clouds building tonight, not as cold with an overnight low of 34. Partly sunny to mostly cloudy tomorrow and a high of 53. For the Miami Valley Dayton area, sunshine to start a few afternoon clouds with a high of 54. Partly cloudy this evening, cloudier after midnight with an overnight low of 32. Cloudy skies tomorrow with a high of 53 degrees. Now, please pray with me the prayer for Ohio. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Ever-living God, you give life and desire a future for all your children. Take hold of our nation, state, and community, and awaken in every heart awe for the gift of life. Send your spirit to strengthen us with wisdom and fortitude as we defend mothers and children in Ohio from laws that disregard their health and safety. Mary and Joseph trusted in you and welcomed Jesus into our broken world. Father, we ask their intercession to protect the preborn and their mothers and to guide all parents in raising their children. May they help us build a civilization of love by upholding the sacredness of life, preserving parental rights, and accompanying pregnant women in need. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Lady, Mother of the Family, pray for us. St. Joseph, Protector of the Unborn, pray for us. Father Philip Michael Tangora joins us next.
It's 21 past. Bill Levitt here, and my advice for static-free winter listening is get the Sacred Heart Radio app by going to sacredheartradio.com and using the QR code. Then you'll hear us on your phone from anywhere and car radio through Bluetooth. If you listen to the radio while driving and 740 has too much interference, try 9:10 a.m. at home. Ask your smart speaker to play Sacred Heart Radio or visit sacredheartradio.com and click on Listen Live to enjoy Sacred Heart Radio static. Start your new year with purpose. Gate of Heaven Cemetery of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati is here to help you understand church teachings, to assist your loved ones tomorrow by thinking ahead today. Gate of Heaven Cemetery's free pre-planning seminar is on Tuesday, January 23rd, offering three time slots for your convenience, 11 a.m., 2 p.m., or 6 p.m. For reservations, 513-489-0300 or email community at gateofheaven.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Trinity Church Supply, providing church supplies and religious gifts worldwide. From Catholic greeting cards, books, and willow tree, to sterling silver medals, rosaries, sacramental gifts, and statues. Trinity Church Supply, 5479 North Bend Road. Hi, this is John Kennedy, a State Farm agent and a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. If you need life insurance, I can help process the best options for you and your family. You can reach me at 859-485-2000 or online at johnkennedyinsurance.com. Sacred Heart Radio is blessed to have the support of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick GMC in Eaton, Ohio, offering a wide range of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs with on-site financing. Larkin Cobb, close to Eaton, Richmond, Dayton, and Brookville. On the web at larkincobb.com. We're joined now by Father Philip Michael Tangora, our canon law correspondent, who is a pastor. He's also an author of a book called Holiness and Living the Sacramental Life. Father, good morning. Good morning, Matt. So I want to talk uh, about some of the things that Pope Francis has said and the church has been talking about uh, through the Synod on Synodality and a bunch of other places about um, the church and women. And I saw some, some reactions that I would love to get you to respond to out of the gates uh, when, uh, you know, the Holy Father and some others have talked about, you know, really understanding the feminine qualities of the church. I saw some people with kind of like knee-jerk reactions saying, why do we need this woke conversation in, you know, regards to church politics? But I feel like it's important to assert that the idea of the church as female and feminine doesn't come from 21st century politics. It actually comes from St. Paul, (laughs) right? That the church is female in her character. And we see this all over the catechism, don't we? Well, yeah. I mean, we, we see very clearly that the church is always referred to as Holy Mother, Church. It's always referred with the feminine uh, pronouns of she or her. Uh, this is how we identify the church as a loving mother. And so, in this regard, uh, that feminine is very much seen. We see Mary as the Blessed Virgin Mary as a model, as the archetype of the church in many ways. And so, we see. Uh, that the Church does have this very important Marian dimension, and uh, Mary is the mother of the Church. Uh, so we can see how uh, that feminine is certainly going to uh, be there, and that the feminine genius of how it manifests love, the charism of love, uh, in the feminine manner, is very much close to uh, how we express uh, the reality of the Church, because the, the Church loves as a mother. The Church nurtures 
as a mother. The church uh, brings about uh, our guidance to the to Jesus Christ the way the mother of God does. Yeah, and the way that only mothers can, right? There are certain things that mothers can do that fathers cannot do, right? <laughs> no matter because, how much exactly, we try. Exactly, because the Church brings forth life. It generates new life. It gestates yeah. new life, life of faith through baptism. Uh, and in this way, uh, the Church is truly uh, feminine in that way. Yeah. So the Church is very intent on making sure that whatever else is going on in the world, we preserve the meaning of motherhood and we preserve the meaning of fatherhood. So with both of those things in mind, when we talk about uh, ways to understand the role of women in the Church, how does that determination to hold those definitions of motherhood and fatherhood closely help us understand uh, what are some good and, and bad ways to think about the stuff going forward? Yes. So, for instance, when it comes to, like, admitting women to the priesthood, this would be an impossibility, theologically, because the priesthood expresses the masculine form of love, the masculine expression of love. That's why we're called Father, because it expresses fatherly love. It is a masculine vocation by its very nature. Whereas, what do you call the woman in charge of a, of a house of nuns? Mother Superior. Because that religious form of life expresses the feminine for charism of love. Uh, and so we need to understand that it's not about equality, it's about equity. It's uh, not about uh, the fact that everybody is meant to be homogenized and doing the same thing. That's where our culture gets it all wrong. Uh, and you also can't just pick, well, today I'm a man and tomorrow I'm a woman. Uh, so you have to actually be capable. God has given each and every single one of us, by our male or female gender, the ability to express a certain form of God's love. And the way that that masculine uh, love is expressed is a fatherly love, is a brotherly love. And the way that feminine love is expressed, it is a motherly love. It is a sisterly love, and we need all of them together to express the full genius of love that God has gifted humanity to express and be in his image and likeness. Well, I can tell you uh, that both of those things are important, and I can tell you not from a uh, official ecclesiastical, ecclesiastical standpoint, right, because that's not my experience. I am not a priest or deacon. I'm a layperson mm -hmm. in an independent apostolate working uh, to help promote the church, but I'm not overseen by the church in any way. But I can tell you this would be a much lamer show with a lot less insight if it was me and some other dude on the Sunrise Morning Show, and that by having Anna Mitchell, <laughs> it changes the whole face of how we think about stuff. And so Absolutely. Uh, that's that's – to me, it helps me understand, like, for instance, at the parish level, like, women can't be priests. But I can tell you that if you want something done at my parish, you get the pastor authority. for permission, but you get the women or it's not going to happen. <laughs> so. Absolutely correct. And, and I think what we can look at is how can we increase the ability of women to have a deliberative voice in the church. I think that that's something that we legitimately could look at. 
I think we could have a permanent standing council of mothers of the church, of female religious superiors as an advisory council in the Vatican. I think we could certainly have uh, women having uh, greater roles in ecumenical councils or synods, uh, you know, the, the synods, because the thing is, I mean, look at the history of the church. The first ecumenical council in Nicaea was presided over by the empress, not the pope, you know, or his delegate. He had two uh, liaisons that were there, but it was the fact that it was, it was presided over by the empress. So, I mean, there is no way that we can look back at our history and fail to recognize the authentic role of women in the church and say that women certainly could have a very important role and voice in the life of the church. But we can't—it it, it would be uh, an error to then try and homogenize or fail to recognize the distinction of how men and women share uh, and express the reality and gift of love. Well, thank you so much, Father Philip Michael Tangora. Thank you, Matt, for appreciating my perspective on the Sunrise Morning Show. Much appreciated. mad anyway i'll just leave it at that 30 31 minutes past the hour now it's time for news abortion clinics across ohio have asked a judge to permanently block the state's abortion ban this coming after ohioans voted to approve issue one last month which adds abortion rights into the Ohio Constitution. Ohio did have an abortion ban on the books after the detection of a fetal heartbeat, but that had been put on hold since September of 2022 when a judge ruled to block it temporarily. The latest filings seek to block it permanently. The U.S. Senate is delaying its holiday break and returning to work next week to hammer out an immigration deal. Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said yesterday that the Senate will be back in session on Monday and that negotiators from both parties and the White House will be working through the weekend. Senate Republicans say an immigration deal is crucial before they can vote on U.S. aid to Israel and Ukraine. President Biden says he wants Israel to be more careful in its attacks on Hamas. Trey Thomas reports. He told reporters Thursday he wants Israeli forces to focus more on avoiding civilian casualties on the Gaza Strip. I want them to be focused on how to save civilian lives, not stop going after Hamas, but be more careful. His comments come after he recently told donors Israel was engaging in indiscriminate bombing and was losing global support around the world. I'm Trey Thomas. One of the Franciscans who cares for the Holy Land sites has said Jerusalem is empty of pilgrims, but full of hope. From Vatican Radio, Sister Benedicta Kropich reports. People feel uncertainty and fear, says Father Jelko Barbaric, a Franciscan priest, especially for those who were economically dependent on pilgrims. Despite the absence of gunfire on the streets of Jerusalem, the reality of war is present all over the city. In Jerusalem, we live quite peacefully and almost as hard as it is to say normally. Around 100 kilometers away in the Gaza Strip, war is raging and pro 
Presumably, only those who are there know how intense the war is and what is happening on the ground, says Father Zhenko. But still, people in Jerusalem are deeply personally involved with happenings in Gaza. Many Israeli Jews have someone who is currently on the front line or deployed to some other critical area. Others know someone who was killed, kidnapped or injured on 7th October. He underscores the significant human cost of the conflict, stating that a lot of blood was spilled and the hostage crisis is still ongoing. Jerusalem's old city and Bethlehem's economy, reliant on pilgrims and tourism, face significant challenges due to the war. Some of the hotels that recently housed pilgrims have been turned into temporary accommodation for people who have been evacuated from the areas close to Gaza Strip and the border with Lebanon. Pilgrim groups are a rare sight in the Holy Land. The sanctuaries are empty, says Father Zhenko. Despite these challenges, the Franciscans of the custody of the Holy Land remain present. We are still here, although there are no pilgrims. We share the good and the bad with people who live in these areas. We pray for peace and guard the sanctuaries marked by the life, death and resurrection of our Lord. Sister Nina Benedicta Krapich. The Senate is approving back pay for senior military officers who had their promotions held up for months by Republican Senator Tommy Tuberville of Alabama over a Pentagon pro-abortion policy. The bill passed unanimously yesterday and will still require House approval when lawmakers return from the holiday break. Tuberville held up promotions for 10 months in protest of a department, a Defense Department policy that allowed for service members that allows for service members still to receive travel reimbursement for going out of state to obtain an abortion. Tupperville eventually gave in. And it appears that a potential merger between the Diocese of Columbus and the Diocese of Steubenville could be back on the table. The National Catholic Register reports Columbus Bishop Earl Fernandez and Steubenville Apostolic Administrator Bishop Paul Bradley met recently for what was described as very preliminary discussions. The idea of a merger was originally proposed in 2022, but was scrapped after resistance from parishioners and clergy. 8.35 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. Here's Paul Lockman. Well, thank you very much, Anna Mitchell. Last night, uh, week 15 of the NFL season got underway, and it wasn't much of a game. 63-21 final score. Raiders knocked off the Chargers in uh, not-so-dramatic fashion. That means next up is Saturday's triple header, which will begin with the Vikings visiting our Cincinnati Bengals. Vikings enter the uh, game at 7-6, and six, have benched their quarterback Joshua Dobbs in favor of Nick Mullins who uh, led them to their exciting game-winning drive in their 3 to nothing win over Vegas. I mean, if they shut out Vegas, who just scored 63 points, I don't know what to make of this game. Bengals hoping Jake Browning can stay sharp. He has been lights out the past two weeks, passing for 629 yards, three touchdowns. Bengals have, uh, haven't lost to Minnesota since 1992, hoping to keep that trend alive. Other uh, news, how about baseball news? Former Red, Tyler Malley, he is going to the World Series champion, Texas Rangers. He signed a deal for two years uh, for $22 million. Uh, Malley only made five starts with Minnesota last year before receiving Tommy John ending surgery. So uh, I think the Reds won their uh, their deal. They got Spencer Steeler and Christian Encarnacion Strand, all for just five starts 
from Tyler Malley. Uh, wish him the best of luck there in Texas. Let's check in on the sports world. We got more on the Sunrise Morning Show right after this. Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home the Fate when Ambassador Michelle Burke Bowes will report on the status of the Children's Hospital that's in Bethlehem in the Holy Land. Brian Close will discuss the latest news from Human Life International. I'll explain the readings for Gaudete Sunday, the frequent traffic and weather to get you home safely. That's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to Christ the King. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Dr. Robert Berger at Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Dr. Berger has been recognized by Cincinnati Magazine nearly every year over the past 20 years as one of the top physicians in orthopedic surgery. And he serves as team physician for Xavier University, Mount St. Joseph University, and LaSalle High School. Dr. Berger treats patients of all ages at the Beacon West office on Harrison Avenue and on the east side at Cincinnati Sports Club. For more information, 513-354-3700. Online at beaconortho.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Rose Automotive, serving the Hamilton area with a wide selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. Rose Automotive, celebrating over 30 years of automotive excellence. On Erie Highway in Hamilton, roseautomotivegroup.com. Put your money where your heart is. Do business with someone who shares your faith and values. From Sacred Heart Radio's Angels List of Underwriters. And don't forget to tell them where you found out about them. Go to sacredheartradio.com and click Angels List. Back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Father Hezekiah Carnazzo from the Institute of Catholic Culture. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Annie. It's such a blessing to be with you and your listeners this morning. It is a blessing to have you back. And for the first reading for Gaudete Sunday this weekend, the third Sunday of Advent, we head to Isaiah 61 in which... We hear the famous words, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring glad tidings to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives, so on and so forth. Says to announce a year of favor from the Lord. What does that mean? Well, Annie, most of us would recognize these words from the Gospel of Luke chapter 4 in which Jesus unrolls the scroll of Isaiah and does just this, announces the year of the Lord. The year of the Lord is the Jubilee year, the year in which uh, the Jews were called to live out a, say, a year of, of Sabbath rest, in which they lived out their vocation in the image and likeness of God by doing some fundamental things, all of which were related to one reality, and that is granting freedom, release to the slaves, freedom to the land, freedom from work, in, in which they lived out really the Sabbath day of Genesis. And they, they were called to do this every 50 years. And what's important to remember in the Old Testament is that, is that this is the fundamental command by which God was calling his people out of Egypt to be freed from the slavery of Pharaoh and return to the dominion of God, in which they would live as citizens of the kingdom in the image and likeness of the king who had granted them freedom. However, they refused to follow this particular law. They failed to do it. Um, as you can imagine, every 50 years I'm supposed to give back everything I've made, return all the land, release all my servants, I'll forgive all debt. 
not a very attractive thing for someone who is fairly well-to-do and has power and wants to retain that power. And this becomes a fundamental issue which drives the Babylonian exile some 700 years before the coming of Christ. And most Christians do not realize the importance of the Jubilee year, and they fail to realize what Jesus is doing and why he's doing it in his ministry after having been baptized in the Jordan, unrolls the scroll of Isaiah, Luke chapter 4, and then goes about enacting the Jubilee here, right, and doing so through his healing ministry. By doing this, by granting freedom and release from those in bondage, namely the blind, the paralytics, um, the harlots, the forgiveness of sin, is all about this reality because it was the king, that's the Messiah, the anointed one, the one his the Spirit of the Lord is upon them that is called to grant this to his people. The kings of the Old Testament have failed to do so, but the king, the king, the Messiah of the New Testament, it is central. It is the foundation of his ministry. Yeah, and I want to get back to that in a moment here, but I want to talk about the second part of this first reading. So we heard verses 1 and 2, and then that gets attached with verses 10 and 11 I rejoice heartily in the Lord, and my God is the joy of my soul. Sounds very much like the Magnificat of our Blessed Mother. Can you talk about the connection between our Blessed Mother and the Jubilee? Yeah, the connection is just in the verse just, uh, just above it. He's healed the brokenhearted. He has proclaimed liberty to the captives, released to the prisoners. See, that's all Jubilee taught. And so these those that formerly were slaves are now rejoicing in the Lord for he has wrapped me in the mantle of justice. Like a bridegroom is adorned as a diadem, like a bride bedecked with her jewels. So now that which is true about the king has become true about me, who was formerly a slave. Who is, and this is why Mary, uh, quoting this text, says, look, I am the low, lowest of the low, right? And, and yet the Lord has looked upon me. This is all language from the daughter of Zion that, we normally refer to the church, but it's historical references to the Old Testament, to those in, uh, that we read about in Second Kings chapter 25, the poorest of the poor, the slaves, who were left in the land at the time of the Babylonian exile, who were given their jubilee, not for one year, but for 70 years. And then the, this people who are in slavery become identified by extension with all of Israel returning from Babylon and remaining under foreign oppression. And all of Israel realizing that they themselves were in slavery. Of course, not to the Persians, the Greeks, or the Romans. Ultimately, slavery to sin. And this is why the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all the people of God at the time of the, of, of the Messiah are going about looking for cleansing. We need to be cleansed spiritually. Yeah, the Pharisees go down to the, to the, to the Jordan River, as we've seen the Gospel of John. And they're looking for the one who's going to cleanse Israel. Remember in Ezekiel 36 and, and, and other prophets who said, when, when this comes, when the Spirit of the Lord does come to rest upon man again, when the Messiah is restored, when the King is restored, then we have to do the one thing necessary. We have to be cleansed of our sin, that is our attachment to the evil one, who is the slave master, and we need to be restored in the freedom of God. Well, you're partially answering what I wanted to ask next, which was to look at the gospel reading that we have this weekend for, for Gaudete Sunday, John chapter 1, basically John's version of what we heard last week in Mark, 
going back to John the Baptist on the banks of the Jordan River, uh, just ahead of baptizing Jesus himself, why are we continuing to return to the Jordan during Advent? That's a great question, and liturgically, historically, the Feast of the Nativity of Christ Christmas, the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord, what we call in the East Theophany, and the, and the Feast of Epiphany, the, the Visitation of the Wise Men, and the Wedding at Cana were all one feast. Because liturgically, we're not so much interested in historical reenactment, but in theophanic experience, that is God showing forth about who he is. So for liturgically, we're interested not so much exactly in the baby in the crib or in the, in the, in the manger, but who that baby is. And we don't come to really understand who that baby is until the kings kneel down and offer their, their, their worship to, the, to this child, until the heavenly father opens his voice and the Jordan River says, Behold my beloved son. And so now we see this convergence liturgically in our liturgical readings, and then we hear that beautiful announcement, the Spirit of the Lord is upon this one, and to this one I bow down. We've been talking to Father Hezekiah Carnazzo. And, Father, if listeners want to check out what's coming up soon at the Institute, how do they get more info? We've got a, a, a whole schedule of prepared for the new year, including a year-long study of the Fathers of the Church. Institute of Catholic Culture.org. Come check us out. Linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Thank you, Father. Joe Heschmeyer joins us next. It's 14 till. Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Molly Maid of Westchester. Insured, screened, and drug-free employees deliver service with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. 1-800-MOLLY-MAID or at mollymaid.com. Molly Maid, a clean you can trust. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from St. Michael's Rosaries and Religious Articles, featuring beautiful nativities and advent wreaths. Plus, your children can drop a letter to St. Nicholas in their special mailbox. St. Michael's Rosaries and Religious Articles in Miamisburg. Online at stmichaelscustomrosaries.com. Working to see the culture of life prevail in the Miami Valley, Dayton Right to Life is here to protect God's gift of life through law, education, and community action, from fertilization to natural death. Find Dayton Right to Life online at DaytonLife.org. That's DaytonLife.org. Catholic Engaged Encounter Weekends are a marriage preparation program led by married couples and a priest or deacon. What makes this marriage prep program unique is you will have two days as a couple to delve into important subjects that will affect your relationship together for the rest of your lives. More time for prayer and reconciliation and closing the weekend with Mass. More information is at cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. That's cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Sunset Janitorial Supply, a Catholic family business supplying the tri-state cleaning industry with commercial cleaning supplies, personal hygiene, equipment, and even machine repair. Free delivery to your business. More information at sunsetjanitorialsupply.com. Twelve till you're listening to the Sunrise Morning Show on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio, seven forty a.m., nine ten a.m. Good morning to everyone listening online or via the Sunrise Morning Show app. We are happy to have you along with us this morning. We're trying to get Joe Heschmeyer on the line. I hope he does pick up because I was really excited to talk about this uh, topic 
of the holy innocents because we don't get to talk about them live very often simply because their feast day is December 28th. And on the Sunrise Morning Show, we are usually off on December 28th. We take the week off between Christmas and New Year's and you get to listen to the best of the Sunrise Morning Show. So I wanted to talk about the Holy Innocents and why they are considered martyrs in the church. So we'll see if Joe, I really hope he picks up his phone. In the meantime, I will talk about something that Matt and I discussed last hour because this is also a topic that I had wanted to discuss, share with you a few quotes if you weren't listening last hour. If you were listening last hour, I think it bears repeating. So we've had a couple of news items come up in uh, the past week or so, which got me thinking about the topic of freedom. And the first issue was when those university presidents, very prestigious universities, Harvard, MIT, and Penn, were, oh, is Joe here now? Excellent. Well. Can you hear me, Jacob? I can hear you, Joe. Hey, good. Excellent. We will, we'll let Joe get settled here for a second. But anyway, folks, I would just encourage you, since I'm not going to go through the quotes now, to, uh, Look up Pope Gregory XVI's Marare Vos and read it. It is prescient. Joe Heschmeyer joining us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. He's an apologist with Catholic Answers and host of the Shameless Popery podcast, which you can find at Catholic.com. Joe, good morning. Thanks for having me. You bet. Okay, so we are going to talk about the Holy Innocence today their feast celebrated in the church within the christmas octave on december 28th and since we're never live here on the sunrise morning show uh, i wanted to talk with you about them today and we learn about them in the gospel of matthew chapter 2 verse 16 says then herod when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men was in a furious rage and had sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old or under, according to the time which he had ascertained from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, wailing and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be consoled because they were no more. Now, Joe, the church honors these children as martyrs, but one might wonder how that could be possible if these children, two years old or younger, they would have had no idea who Jesus Christ was or had any idea why they were being murdered by Herod's men. So, I think the first thing we need to get straight here is what is a martyr? Yeah, I mean, a martyr is one who's a witness for Christ. And so normally, you're right, a martyr is someone who they are so in love with Jesus Christ that they they give their life for him. Uh, But there's a sense in martyrdom in which the reality of good and evil is revealed. And in the Holy Innocence, that's also true. 
we see the the horrible wickedness of Herod and of kind of the secular culture of the age, if you will. And so there is what's sometimes called the odium fidei, the hatred of the faith. Mm. And so these are children who die for Jesus Christ. And so they're rightly regarded as martyrs. You know, all of us can say Jesus died for us. This small handful can say we died for him. And they join Christian martyrs across the ages in being able to say that. Um, but, you know, the, you know, you're talking about kind of looking ahead towards the octave of Christmas. And I would say that we get actually a really good, I guess you could call it a catechesis on martyrdom uh, during the Christmas. Oh, no. Did we lose Joe? I think we may have lost Joe. He was about to talk about a good catechesis of martyrdom during the Christmas octave. We'll try to get him back on the line here and see if we can talk a little bit more about it. Either that or maybe I'll just get him on after the show and share that conversation with you. Oh, Joe, are you back? Yeah, sorry. I don't know what happened there. That was weird. Um, Okay, you were just saying a catechesis of martyrdom. Yes, because there's three feasts that are kind of back to back. You've got the Holy Innocents, who, as you've said, they are martyrs in deed, but not in will. They didn't decide to be martyrs, but they were. Uh, You've got St. John the Apostle, who is the opposite. He's totally willing to be martyred. He's he's ready to put his life on the line for Jesus Christ, but he's the only one of the apostles who isn't martyred. And then you've got St. Stephen, who's sometimes called the proto-martyr. He's the first Christian martyr. Uh, in both will and deed. He's the first one to really consciously uh, put his life on the line and be martyred. So it gives us, you know, a different way to think about how martyrdom works. So you have these three different models, if you will, of martyrdom, that there are times where you want to do a good thing for God. There are times where uh, you want to do a good thing for God, but you're not able to. And there are times where the situation is sort of thrust upon you. And so all of those things happen in small ways in our life and in big ways in the lives of these martyrs. So this is possible even though those child, those children were not baptized? Yeah, it's true. So this is someone's called a baptism of blood. They die for Jesus Christ. They die actually before the institution of baptism as well, as in terms of the, you know, the creation of the new covenant. So there's never been a doubt that they were, you know, born from above and were received into heaven. You know, no one was saying, well, I don't know if they're going to be able to go to heaven or not because they didn't live long enough to hear about baptism. No, there's no worries about that at all. Well, Joe, how did their death reveal Christ as the new Moses? Yeah, because if you remember, you know, the early chapters of Exodus and you have this mass slaughter of the innocents, then this is eerily paralleled. Uh, here with the slaughter of of the innocents. And where does Jesus go with his family? Well, he goes into Egypt and then has to come back out of Egypt. And so it should be setting off all kinds of Exodus alarm bells for us that, okay, uh, just as Israel once went down into Egypt to avoid a famine, and then after this massacre of holy innocents back then uh, came up into the promised land, well, here... Jesus is fulfilling this in his own person, even in his infancy. There's the flight down into Egypt and then the return to Israel. Well, Joe, I hope you'll stay on um, after I have to close the show here right now. But I have one more question that I want Paul to record the answer to so that I can uh, 
share it with listeners later. Would that be okay with you? Yeah, I'd be happy to do so. Okay, excellent. Well, that will do it for the live portion of the Sunrise Morning Show here on this Friday, December the 15th. Hope you have a wonderful Gaudete Sunday this weekend, and we will look forward to catching up with you again on a Monday as we go into the third week of Advent. Until then, have a great weekend. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Rua Wood Psychological Services, integrating psychological science and the truths of our Catholic faith with offices in Dayton and Cincinnati. More information at 513-407-8878 or rwpsych.org. Support is from MediShare. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also a time you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. For many families, switching to MediShare saves about $500 a month, which is a game changer for a lot of people. And what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the member satisfaction rate compared to health insurance. Double. MediShare is a proven thing, too, for over 30 years. It's a Christian community of more than 400,000 members. And here's the thing. If you join before December 15th and you mention the promo code SHARE, you'll get another 10% off all of 2024. That's 12 months of savings. So I'll give you the number here in a second. But call. You'll get a price within two minutes. And again, the deadline's December 15th. So call now. You'll save even more. Here's the number. 844-55-BIBLE. That's 844-55-BIBLE. 844-55-BIBLE. Support comes from On a Mission to Love. For books, handcrafted gifts for baptism, communion, confirmation, wedding, birthdays, and more. All deeply based in the rosary and devotion to our Holy Mother. Onamissiontolove.com. That's onamissiontolove.com. In the past decade, more people have chosen natural or green options when planning a funeral. And the Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society can help. Natural or green burials are actually quite traditional. It's how people were laid to rest for most of human history. Find out more about natural or green options for burial or cremation at the Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society, where they also offer zero financing for pre-planning. The Cincinnati Catholic Cemetery Society, 557-2306, extension 319, or at cccsohio.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. This is Father Benedict Kinsler, pastor of Our Lady of Victory in Delhi. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at